Public Radio's LossesTAVShow.com's game. You're listening to The Starting Block. Hey, welcome to The Starting Block for another week. You've got myself, Green on and joined by a man fresh off an altercation between his security detail and Britney Spears. Okay, Captain Damon, how are we, sir? Very good, Greeno. Good evening to you, boys, girls, listenership, blockheads, millions, cuntheads around the world. Uh, welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks. This is now officially uh, the new season of the starting block, Greeno, as you know. This this year, I think we're already on a season nine. Season nine. So far. That's season right. nine. Season nine. The amount of weeks we've missed. And, and you know what? You, If you're a blockhead out there, which I'm sure millions of you are, then you should be appreciative. Like, how many programs would give you nine seasons in a single year? You know? I mean, exactly. you're getting spoiled here, right? 100%. Being a kind of taking, a, uh, kind of taking a, the office as inspiration where they did, you know, only six episode seasons. We do one episode seasons. One episode seasons. That's right. And take a week off to yeah. refresh, recuperate, yeah. come back the next week. That's right. Because it's a very labor intensive, it's an emotionally draining program, obviously, Greeno. Very deep, very meaningful. Um, you know, we hit a lot of, we strike a lot of chords and pull on the heartstrings regularly. So it's only fair that we give our audience an opportunity to get over it. And we thought that we'd kick off the brand new season of the block here, season nine of, so I guess it's season nine of 2023. Then. Season nine of 2023, that's right. correct, yeah. So next year, do, in 2024, do we start season one again or do we continue with the seasons? I'm not sure. Uh, probably best to kind of say, because uh, otherwise we're going to be into the hundreds pretty quickly. So that's right. best to kind of segregate them per calendar year. Per calendar slash year. season. Okay. Yeah. Well, that won't be confusing for the audience at all. So. No. So, okay, so 2023 Season 9, Episode 1, all right, yeah. of The Block. Uh, we welcome back to the show our dear friend, uh, long-time contributor to the program, Nice Gary. Nice Gary! The UK reporter, Brad underscore Everly. How are you going, mate? Hey, boys, how are you? Good to have you back, mate. It's been a while. What have you been doing? Ep- episode 1, new season. Good yes. to be part of the show again. It has been a while. It's been a very long time, actually. Yeah, you haven't been on but, here um, for at least nine seasons, as far as I know. Easily. So. Easily nine seasons right. missed from BA. Yeah. Uh, it could probably be like the uh, maybe the tenth year that I've sort of been in, around the around the framework. But Hanging yeah, around, you're right. Yeah. Yep. yeah, just like a bad smell. But yeah, no, this year I've I've gone. I've decided to um, go back and play football. Some yep. stupid oh. reason why I'm yep. getting older and whatnot. But um, yeah, Friday night's the night, and I've got the night off tonight. So I thought I'd come and hang out with you guys for Fantastic. a while. Fantastic. Well, welcome aboard. Good to have you back. Uh, now, for a bit of context, uh, once again, opening the kimono, uh, reason we had to get Brad in, general rule is we need two drunk hosts every episode. Now, Greeno's off the drink at the moment, uh, so we had to get yeah. B.E. in to fill in the drunk host component well, to be of fair, the quota. To be fair, I'm only ever drunk at the end of the show. At the start, I'm all right, but by the time we get to the finish, that's when I'm usually Just, yeah, yeah. falling over the line. So to speak. Exactly. So hopefully you're pissed up, ready to go already, Brad. Is that fair? Would well, that be a fair I assessment? was at the I was at the pub at five past four this afternoon, nice. straight after work. So I'm 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 nicely primed. We'll see primed. how we go. Yes, a couple of looseners. That's <laughs> it. Five hours in, he's doing well. Fantastic. Yeah. We just got the cricket on in the background, by the way. It's probably going to be a little bit of a sports-heavy show today because whenever Brattles is on, we do tend to talk about sports a little bit more. And uh, I would just like to – can we just kick off the show with a little bit of cricket talk? Because I didn't watch any of last night's play. When I went to bed, it was about 1 in the morning, and we were on the ropes. Mark Wood was tearing us apart, and I was listening to the call with um, the great man Damien Fleming, Greeno, the bowlologist. He's on SEN. SEN? SEN, yeah, it's good stuff. 
And uh, the bowlologist was because he's always like very pro Australian, obviously. But like he's one of my favourite commentators, in, and his his rationale was: Look, I don't mind if we get bowled out tonight because I want to have a crack at him. <laughs> yeah. I want to have a bowl at him. Mark Wood was tearing us a new asshole last night. He ended up taking five for thirty odd. Um, we were like four for what two hundred and something at one stage, and like very well on top. And the bowlologist was like, when, I think we were eight down when I was listening. And he's like, you know what? Let's have an hour at him. I just want, I just want to see what we can do. And then, sure enough, sure as shit, we took three wickets. But there was some talk about they're down a batsman, so I'm not sure, or a bowler. I'm not sure what's going on there. Is someone injured or something in the English team? Yeah, one of their players got um, injured. So what they um, did is they brought in an extra bowler as well. So Woods was obviously the the key bowler of their squad that's been out injured for the fir- first two matches, but. Mm. Um, they also um, threw in like Ali's back as well, for, um, the spin bowler. All um, rounder though, isn't he, Mo and Ali? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd use that term very loosely. Like bowling all round, he's like Michael Nisa level. Of I would say, I'd say, he's, I'd say he's more of a batsman, honestly, than a bowler, wouldn't you? He was fucking retired, man. Oh, like, hang on, on. Scotty Bowler, may uh, we're just going for a review here. That's, a very good that's out, mate. That's out. There's no edge. There's no mm. edge. Yeah. Here we go. No it's, edge, and that looks pretty. Cool. I was worried about line there, but it's that looks... not. It's not hitting in line, but it's definitely moving a bit. So. Oh, oh, oh middle stump. Thanks for coming. Oh, He's gone. Yeah, oh yeah. It's yeah. You're, yeah. You're gone. Five seconds ahead of us. No. Oh, I call. Get out. <laughs> oh bullshit. Are oh, you kidding? You change your decision. Impact. Umpire's call. Umpire's call. So that's a not out. Uh, wow. It was pitching outside. Look at Stokes looking at the wicket going, I don't know what's going on. It's a bit of a weird wicket, this one. It's like, hang on, your guys were, (laughs) you know, we were, what were we bowled out for? 263, I think, in the end? Uh, Yeah, 263. 263. They're five for 90-odd, and he's looking at the wicket like, oh, I can't explain this. (laughs) Hang on a minute. (laughs) That's the same wicket we played on yesterday, mate. You know. We were four for 85, and then we end up with... uh, Have a look how far down the pitch he was there, and that ball still hit the stumps. This thing's staying low. Yeah, and it's swinging a lot. Like, uh, Mm. Starkey was getting it to move. But let's have a look at Boland here. Yeah, Boland's not really swinging it, but he's he doesn't he's not really a swing bowler, is he? Generally. Oh, that's so, looking nice there, there. my Scotty Bowl. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you were telling a story. Bowler just three. They took three wickets end of the night. Yeah, so they were three down at the end of the night, and I, 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 there's something that's very satisfying about. It. Hopefully, we go on and win this test, and then go three nil up, and it's all over. But there's something very satisfying because I don't know about you guys, but I listen to a little bit of Pommy Radio uh, during the week when I commute to work. Talk sport, a little bit of talk sport. We've got a talk sport clip yep. later to go on, uh, go over later on in the show. Uh, and I was listening to it and the fucking whinging after the last test. My God, it was fucking next level. I, I oh, stopped, cheaters, I, I cheaters. I didn't watch yes, most of yesterday's play for that reason. I'm yeah. like, I cannot hear. And that gets us uh, very nicely to muted word of the week. Yeah. Uh, had to mute a couple, uh, unfortunately. Had to mute Bearstow, had to mute Terry, <laughs> and most importantly, had to mute Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. That fucking you should have muted him a long time ago. Did That's not your fault. stop. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. All week, whinging, whinging, whinging. Shut the fuck up. Well, Move isn't on. it so satisfying now, though, because all I heard in the lead up to this test, it was only three days in between, and it was like, oh, we're going to give them stick when we're out the ground. We're going to give them fucking hell. They're fucking pretty quiet today, aren't they? <laughs> Five for 97, the Poms. Yeah. So, They've given him nothing. Yeah, there's there's very little sound coming out of that stadium right now. So no, thank you, boys. Gary. Nice, Gary. Hopefully we go 3-0 up. And I just want to put a nail in this whole 
you know, Bazball dick suck fuck fest that's been going on for the last 18 months. Because what the English team have been going around constantly for the last year and a half, so, again, sniffing their own farts as if they've reinvented the game, right? Oh, no, we, we play ramp shots. Therefore, this is totally different. Fucking arsehole. I remember watching... Uh, that Sri Lankan keeper, Greeno, what was his name? Kalu with I remember watching him do that shit in the early 90s. You're, this yeah. isn't new. This has been done before. You know, you're not reinventing the wheel here. Uh, I, I really just hope we drub them. Like, I really want to see a drubbing. It's been a long time coming for an English uh, Ashes win. You know what I mean? So, fucking do 5 nil for I Gary. I know they're 2 nil down and obviously changes need to be made, but what's been shown is they don't know what their best lineup is. Because mm. how many different – this is, what, their six different bowler they've had so far in, in three tests? Well, to be fair, um, Wood would have been in there from day one if he was fit. You know. And Joffa Archer. Yeah, Joffa Archer. Archer. But I'm talking about the people they've picked. They obviously don't know who what their best lineup is. Yeah. Where Australia, I think Australia know what their best lineup is. It's just a matter of rotating out like based on conditions. Or We've form. Got, yeah, because Starkey didn't play the first one because of form, they told us. Yeah, well, I think because they were trying to – I think that was strategy, right? They were trying to like counteract Basball by going, well, let's pick our most economic bowlers. And then they're like, well, this is silly because it didn't end up working anyway. Bowling got hit around a fair bit. So, yeah. It's, yeah, but we've got a nice rotation here where we can go, okay, well, test two, in comes well, Starkey, out goes Boland, and then test three, that's all right, we'll just, we'll, uh, we'll bring in Scotty Boland and Josh Hazelwood can have a rest. I, like, I think I think the main difference between, say, this Australian team, and this Australian team is a very, very good team, um, the difference between this Australian team and, say, maybe dominant Australian teams in eras gone past, I think, it used to be said that it was more difficult to get out of the Australian team than it was to get in it, right, back mm. in the day. And I think what they've done now is they've got a squad of, say, like 15 or 16, and those 15 or 16, they're included in everything. They're all part of the squad. Um, you know, if it's not Boland, it's Hazelwood and, you know, Renshaw's around the team. and like So they've got a couple of batsmen in the wings, and it just creates a little bit of healthy competition, you know. So... I'm not sure we have a best 11, but what we do have is a best kind of 15 a best squad. best 15, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah whereas... It's quality rotation. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's healthy competition too, you know. And it just say you get dropped for a test, that doesn't mean you're gone and out of the team like it used to mean. Like, remember, back in the mm. day, you got dropped. You weren't getting back. You'd have to fight your way back for years to get back in the team. Whereas nowadays... Well, Gillespie got dropped halfway through the Ashes and that was yeah, him. He, he retired. He, yeah, he that was, was it. He was finished. like absolute shit out. So yeah. <laughs> that made sense. Well, Matty Hayden got dropped um, early on in his career and it took him like four or five years to get back in. Simon Kadic is another example. But these guys aren't getting well, dropped. It's it's kind of... It's a rotation yeah. policy with a bit more common sense applied to it well it's like yes. you're not you know it's like you know you're, you're not in good touch at the moment let's let's take you out of the starting 11 we'll, we'll we'll put you back into the squad you'll work on your game and then you know your next opportunity is just around the corner oh he's fucking knackered him there nice, starkey oh, yep. right in the Smack box in the cock, fantastic and they, they look pretty quiet there the english fans don't they not a lot of cheering and chanting and hooting, hooting <laughs> and hollering going on in the background Funny that. Can I give you a little bit of a stats man demo? Please, let's do it. I'm a stat man. Did you know that Australia have won more Ashes tests in England than what England have won in England? <laughs> Is that right? That's fantastic. Yeah, so out of the 340 matches, Australia's won 140 of those, and England's only won 108. Nice, Gary. On English soil. Nice, Gary. That's 
scary. And hopefully uh, soon to be 141, I guess, by the looks. Yeah, like. I, they well, we haven't won in we haven't won the Ashes in England since 2001. Oh, won. Yeah, yeah, it's that's been a right. Long time. It was um, I think it was a four-one in that series, which is quite rare in England because it rains so lot. But um, we've always retained the Ashes. In between, but we've never actually won. Well, them. no, we only retained it last time in the twenty nineteen. Last time we lost it, the other three in, yeah. in the middle. Yeah, obviously 05 was the big one, and then we just yeah, Ricky in 09 still couldn't get the job done, and then yeah, we lost again. And 13. I I remember distinctly um, because I was doing a driving a truck driving job at the time where I was going up and down the coast. So when England won here the Ashes they won here, that was the first time in like 30 years for them. It was the 10-11 series where Alistair Cook and Andrew Strauss just fucking destroyed us. We had no <laughs> pace. Pete Siddle was our, our number one bowler. Um, Asparagus Spearhead. Yeah. Who is, who is, don't get me wrong, very good like kind of blue collar, uh, serviceable like Andy Bickle type bowler, but he's definitely not, you know, you know, a number one strike option. And he was the best one we had at the time. And, uh, yeah, they beat us, I think it was 3-1, but it was so much worse yep. than that. Like, I think two games they won by an innings, you know. Uh, they absolutely destroyed us, I think, after we won the first test. So, you know, it, it, it would be nice to, um, you know, get one back on them. And I heard it mentioned, actually, it was by, I think it was Michael Vaughan who said this uh, on the BBC broadcast. He said, the thing you've got to remember, the thing you've got to remember about these Australians is, uh, you know, there's a lot of really great Australian players in this team who have never won an Ashes on English soil, and they they are fucking hungry for it. He said this before the f- the first test, where everyone was yeah, like, "Oh, England's going to win." Yeah, they've England's said that win. for the last, you know, how many years? Twenty two years. Yes, but the difference so- is this time. But yeah, but Vaughan was making the point though. <laughs> this is probably going to be their last chance, right? So guys like Warner, Kawaja, Lyon, uh, they're all coming to like the end of their careers. Yeah, fair call. Yeah. So- and some of the all-time greats of yeah. Australian cricket who have never actually won an, an Ashes on English soil. Steve yeah, Smith. Um, Smithy's I, getting I can to see Smithy batting for another four years. I don't know. He's he's always he just said loves his cricket, man. He does, but um, he's always said like he he's not. You know, he he doesn't see himself as being someone who's going to play till he's forty. I don't think. You know? Forty. He's only what thirty. He's only thirty-three now, is he? No, he's like 34, 35, I think. So. You know, he's, he's getting on. He's getting on. And if he, it, it might be one of those things, if he wins this Ashes series, that might be enough for him, like just to check that box and then check out, you know? Yeah, 34 years of age. I can see him going back around and playing till 38. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it doesn't always work out, though. Like Ricky played till he was 38, Ponting, and, it, you know, we probably wish that he didn't because he, that was, he didn't. Yeah. You know, he had that slight, slight little renaissance where after he handed over the captaincy yep. and then, then he stuck around just a little bit too long, unfortunately there. Yeah. That's right. Ricky. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I, I really want to see us win this, you know, three nil, at least four nil, five nil would just be fucking epic. Wouldn't it? On well, I just want to win it. I can't give a fuck how we win it. Just let's just win the ashes over there, and then anything else is just the piece of resistance. It's, yeah. it's all good. And shut their um, fucking crowd up. <laughs> shut yeah. the fucking whinge and fucking bodies up. I just want to win this one so I can relax. Yeah. And it doesn't <laughs> matter what happens in the rest of the way. <laughs> I'm like, there's just so many things that I, w- I want in life, and it's like ashes is one of them yeah. every time. Yeah. Yeah, we need to dominate. So I mean, it's start. You can't get better than a two nil start. the The only time that they an Ashes team has won the series after a two nil start was back in the thirties, and it was Australia, I think, 
and they had Bradman Don Bradman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Don Bradman yeah. was playing, and I don't <laughs> think Ben Stokes is at Don Bradman level. You know, he's a good cricketer, but he's not quite there yet. So we should be okay. Fingers crossed. Anyway. The, uh, the old Bazball thing's been very quiet this test. I haven't heard awful lot about it, but then you look at Mitchell Marsh, who's hit 118 off 118. Yeah. And talk about they've said nothing about that. Yeah. Um, even Todd Murphy chipped in with a 108 strike rate. I mean, <laughs> we're, they want to play Bazball, we're playing test cricket, and that's working out for us. Yeah, I'm, 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 I will be glad to see, like, the end of this kind of Bazball, like I said, this Bazball fuckfest situation that's been going on. Because it is a little bit silly, I think. They've been they've been believing their own hype, you know, for the last 12 months. And look at who they've played. Okay, New Zealand's a good team. And they haven't been for the last couple of years, though. No, they haven't. Uh, they But they're still a uh, good team. Um, they were in the World Test Championship against India last year. They were. Not last year. That was like oh, four years series, ago. Sorry. Yeah, last series, sorry. Yeah, that's like four years ago. So, I mean, since that last cycle ended... Like they, I think they were pretty low down on the rankings. I was quite surprised. They're, they're still not. They they're not easy beats though. They've got good players. You know, they're 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 a tough team to beat. You've got to beat them, um, but they're they're not easy beats. The, the other teams they played were Ireland and shit. You know, um, yeah. Basball <laughs> work against that. Of course. Oh, here we go. The new boy is getting a bowl. Let's have a look nice, at him. Gary. Have you ever seen him bowl this this fella? The, he's yeah, obviously he bowled, he bowled in India quite well. Okay, I didn't I didn't get to see him. I reckon he was picked personally by Dan Vittori because clearly he's got glasses on. So well done, Dan. Isn't it funny that both teams have coaching staff from New Zealand for, for whatever yeah. reason. So Dan oh, Vittori arguably, works on our coaching two staff. Of the greatest New Zealand players ever though. Yeah. Dan Vittori and Brendan McCullum. I still rate yeah. you Chris Cairns, Greeno. He's probably my favorite New Zealand. Player. He's my favorite. But if you look at overall, you know, production, Oh, yeah, you're probably no, Williamson? Those two are probably Kane three. Williamson's probably... That's what I'm saying. They're, they're top three. I'd go probably Kane Williamson, then Dan Vittori, then Brendan McCullum. Well, this is definitely a Dan Vittori pick. He's got a bit of a wing nut about him too for the wind resistance. Let's have a look at him. See how he goes. Yeah, so he's but a... no, he evolved very, very well over there in India. So, um, so he's an offie, when... is he, or...? Yeah, when when Lyon went down, I was like, "Look, Murphy kind of showed that he, he's he's the goods over there in India." So okay. um, they're going to go yeah, after him, as, surely. Oh, 100 percent, they're going to go after him, but that might open up some opportunities down the other end. They'll probably bring Starkey back on, maybe. Yeah. Um, oh, he's he's, or, he's just put two down the leg side, so it's not a good start. <laughs> anyway, he came out in the press and he said he's invited them. He said, "Come after me, go for it." Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't be encouraging that with Stokes at the crease, to be fair, just quietly. Yeah. Go um, after him after Stokes is out. That's yeah, probably a good idea. That's right. Then you can start trash talking. Is he pointing out the crowd here? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Nathan Lyon's been such a central part of this team for so long, hasn't he? So, I did straight test, mate. Yeah, I know. So it's like anyone who steps in, you're going to think, well, <laughs> he's no Nathan Lyon. So uh, the same thing happened with Warney, but didn't it? I guess. Oh, yeah. That's so. Well, let's hope this guy is the next in line and we don't go through 700 spinners yeah, uh, nice. before we find another good one. So, no Bryce McGaines, Greeno. No Bryce McGaines, no. No Crazers, no Ashton Agars. Ashton Agar. uh, oh, Ashton's all right for a one day player, I think, though. One day player, we're talking, not for test, though. No. Who does uh, Murphy play for? State cricket? Victoria. Victoria, of course. Another fucking Victorian. Mm. Had to be, didn't it? Nice, Gary. No Victorians in the team. No, 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 but to to be like the new Warney, <laughs> like we got to oh, get a Victorian. 
Well, now it's not the new Warnie anymore. Now it's the new Go. The new Go, yeah. The new, uh, the new line. The new Gary. Exactly. <laughs> he um, in the fourth test in India, he took seven for one hundred and twenty-four. Uh, yeah, but it's India. Those are always they always have an asterisk. Yeah, this this is the true test. Like yeah. you know, those, those Indian wickets are ridiculous. Um, oh, it's green enough for him. We could have a go. See how we go. <clears throat> All right, should we do some story time, Damo? Yeah, please. All right, I was waiting for you to take I over. I like stories about pinatas. <laughs> just kept talking, waiting for Greeno to just, kick in and do his thing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to interrupt. You guys are talking cricket, so good. Uh, so you can do a bit of Greeno off last week because uh, Guts got cut open. So, uh, as always, any kind of situation always ends up in a story time, Damo. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, for those who weren't around, recap, why were your guts cut open, quote-unquote? Uh, so it turns out I had a couple of abdominal tears with hernias yeah. inside abdominal tears. Which, you, uh, so which you made worse by um, getting on the gym equipment thinking that you were getting fat and you thought, well, I need to pump harder, pump harder. in, in order right. to get rid of this fat that's growing out of my uh, abdomen, which ended up being a couple of hernias, Greeno. So. Hernias, exactly. So the scans had shown true, Damo. Stuck so in the pain. Yeah. I'd already gone in, already done the prep, and it was like, okay, we're all good. We're going in for two hernias, and, and you know, we'll deal with the, the situation there. No dramas. Everything all uh, on plan. Now, did so you get the hernias the... because you were doing too much pump to begin with? Or? Yeah, I think that, I think that's a problem. I'm probably yeah lifting inadequately because uh, I don't do anything else that's lifting other than gym-based work. So, uh, so um, no cardio, Greeno. You're not doing any cardio. I do cardio as well. I just I'm just lifting wrong, I assume. So, okay. um, okay. We'll, we'll address that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Arrive at the hospital on the day and uh, rock up to reception. I'm like, yep, here to get the guts cut. Uh, show guts me where I need to cut. go. And like, look, uh, cool. Uh, here's your paperwork. We'll just get you to check over it and uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll get you on in. Did they offer and to put it in a jar for you and take it home when you were done? Big jar, no. jar of guts. Yeah. No, they didn't, unfortunately. And put a little pickle brine in there. Yeah. Little yep, but I have on display yeah. for, for anyone coming over. Yep. So get the, get the paperwork and first first line name, and I'm like, well, there's an error. Uh, next line, email address. There's an error. Next line, address. There's an error. I found nine errors in the paperwork, Damo. What do you mean errors? Like spelling mistakes? Or? Yeah, spelling mistakes. Incorrect. Uh, From like the hospital. Street. Yeah, from hospital. Now I filled in the uh, the online form online, so I know those details were correct, and you, I'm, I yeah. just assume they transferred it directly off my online form into this new paperwork. You, no, no, no. You do Someone's know you, meant- for those who are for those who aren't sure. Yes, Greeno does in fact know his own name and his own address. Yeah. Nice, like he didn't, correct. He didn't get it wrong, you know. So Mark and I just assumed that was it. Obviously not. Someone sat there, taken my form, t- retyped out my form onto a different sheet That's instead efficient. of just having like direct data transfer. Yeah. Uh, and then made a bunch of fuck-ups in turn. Wow. My wife's name was wrong, next to kin was wrong. It was all over the shop. So I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I need you to fix all these. I'd be and worried too because it's those kinds of situations where you think, well, I'm going to wake up and they're going to cut my testicles off or something. You know? 100%. Like- <laughs> That's why I make sure I check specifically surgery being undertaken. We are all good. Um, wanted to make sure the left ball was still there when so I woke they up. They didn't make a mistake on the gut cutting. 
part. The gut cutting was, was still there. The gut okay, cutting was correct. Yeah. We were all sweet there. Uh, but paperwork sure. that. So I handed back to the lady. I'm like, look here, man, there's nine mistakes here. I need you to address all these. Uh, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry about that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's fine. You can make mistakes here. Just make sure they don't fuck up in there. That's like, make as many errors on this bit of paperwork. We are all good. Just don't do it in there. We'll be all right. Hmm. Um, I thought there was another wicket there. I just realized the shot of replay. Highlights. You know what uh, I want? I really hope they get Besto out the same way again. Like throw the stumps down again. Yeah, just to nice, fucking rub it in. Yeah. Like, he hasn't know. learned his fucking lesson, this fucking porker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you got the chance to see the um the group chat before the show, Damo, but um the Raiders scored their first try tonight in the NRL yeah. and their try celebration was the corner post and they reenacted the Besto dismissal. Oh, fantastic. Nice, nice. Well done. Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, so we've interrupted his story. Like time. Stories about Hinata. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, 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 all good. So get on in there. Uh, they get me in, into the prep room. Now, firstly, uh, the lady was very happy because they're like, oh, we just got to shave. We got to shave you down. Now, I'm a very hairless man uh, overall. Mm. So when when you lifted up the, the shirt, showed the old tum-tum, I was like, you don't have much work to do here. And she was like, this is going to take me 12 seconds. This is amazing. So we're already off onto a good foot there with the the admissions nurse. Okay. So she's then going, I said, oh, look, cool. You're all prepped. You're all good. Everything's ready to go. Now, what I didn't realize. It's and, funny, and funny I, you mentioned I, the shaving thing, Greeno, because if I had to have a similar operation done, I'd have to go in for a week beforehand. Yeah, before the good, two hours locked in yeah. beforehand just to, to shave down Greeno, your chest. Greeno and I have been best mates our entire lives, and we've always been like at opposite ends of the spectrum on just about everything. But for whatever reason, we click and we're best mates. And so he's hairless. Like he would be like, you know, the hairless kind of uh, chihuahua kind of like situation. Like a hairless chihuahua. That's yeah, right. and I'm like the St. Bernard. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. The fucking cerebral. <laughs> Oh, so, so I'm like the St. Bernard hair everywhere with a bottle of fucking, uh, with a barrel well, a bourbon of uh, around bourbon around my neck. Yeah. yeah. Spot on. <laughs> now, what I wasn't aware of, though, is uh, in the surgery, you, you're basically, uh, you're nuding up. I was not aware of this. So they give you, up. obviously, your, your schmock. Oh, of But course. they're like, yeah. oh, no, everything, everything off. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, Didn't know uh, it was going to be that kind of a party. I didn't realise, and that got me concerned. I went and quickly double checked the paperwork again just to make sure. Just go, yep. No, Are they cutting my nuts off? Cut. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, double check because why can't I wear underwear? This is this is, this is weird. Uh, but apparently, it's all above board. So I'm laying there, like, okay, cool. Just watching, like, you're in the like the prep area. They're like, okay, you're ready to go. Uh, I said, oh, what time am I scheduled for? They're like, oh, you know, three thirty. I'm all right, no dramas. And this was only like two o'clock. And then next thing I know, they come in and they're like, oh, I don't know, they're calling for you now. Oh, no, what? they're rushing me. I don't want you to Go rush. Like, I want you to take the next yeah, couple of hours, time, look right? at my file, make yeah. sharpen the fucking scalpel, make sure we everything's all... above board, you know. Yeah. Um, so I get in there. I'm like, okay. So they put me into like effectively the surgery waiting bay, which has nothing. There's no TV there. You're kind of just behind a curtain and you're outside the operating theater, just waiting to go in. Now, cause they've taken off my watch. There's no clocks around. You're kind of just waiting there. And I'm like, I feel like I've been here a while. This is a bit like, this is strange. And the, like the clock virtually is still ticking. And I'm like, just kind of like trying to amuse myself. Uh, cause there's not much to do. And, after about two hours, it must have been about two hours, someone two finally hours. comes out. And I'm like, 
I, I pretty much did. I'm like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, look, what happened is we called you, called you over because the person before you, when we opened them up, they had an infected gallbladder. So we were going to cancel that surgery and bring you in. Oh. But the, the gallbladder ended up being so infected that they're like, well, we, now we've got to do an emergency removal of that. Yeah. So instead of going oh, in early, yay. I ended up going in two hours after I was scheduled because oh. I had to do an emergency gallbladder removal. So I'm sitting in the waiting bay for four hours just doing fuck all, twiddling my thumbs. Thinking, thinking who, the fuck is this, who the fuck is this gallbladder guy? Fuck him. The gallbladder you know. dude's pissing me off. So. <laughs> Fucking my day up, this prick. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Why didn't so you get it like, checked six months ago like your wife told you, you selfish bastard? Well, I've been sitting here in the waiting in, room all day. The waiting bay that had a TV or something. Something to do. Something. Um, Game Boy. No, just, I'll take a Game Boy. An iPod whatever. if you got one. Exactly. Yeah, if, uh, even if it's got, you know, fucking uh, uh, Taylor Swift on it. I don't mind anything to help no, pass that, the No, that'll pass. I'd rather the silence. Yeah, give me the um, gallbladder treatment, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so eventually the doc comes out and he's like, he takes a big breath. He's like, all right, cool. Like, uh, we're, we're almost ready for you to go. Okay, did you wash uh, your hands, doc, at least? No, the first thing I said to him, and I'm like, he goes, oh, we just spent three and a half hours like just doing this thing. I'm like, how's meds take? He goes, hour and a half. And I'm like, so you've been operating for three and a half hours. I'm like, are you about to take a break? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe you should rest I'm, up a little. I want you fresh, man. Go grab a snack. Go get a drink. I'm like, take your time, man. I've already been waiting for. Let's give another half, eh? Like, get some uh, some dexterity. We'll be all good. Absolutely. And he's like, no, nah, I'm about to have a feed. We'll be all good. We'll come get you soon. Now. Then the anesthesist comes out. Now I've never, I've, I've never been in a hospital in my life, like for anything for myself. Mm. Uh, never had any surgeries or anything like that. Oh, so okay. definitely haven't been knocked out. That thing was a fucking trip. Because oh, yeah. old mates, like I didn't realize how much I was putting my life in that dude's hands. Because yeah. he's like, oh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna, like, we're gonna put you to sleep. And count then, backwards from ten. Did you have to do that? I didn't even have to count backwards. He goes, they wheeled me in. He was gonna put you to sleep. You'll be out before you. You'll be out before you know it. And literally, yeah. I was out before I knew it. Next thing I know, I'm waking up cursing because I'm in agony. Uh, Grabbing your and, testicles to make sure they're still there. Oh uh, yeah, obviously. both nuts there. Yep, yeah. we're, we're all good. Uh, still got a cock. Yep, that's still there. Excellent. Everyone's a winner. Um, but did wake up in screaming fits of swearing because it was just this weird thing. Like I just snapped out of uh, effectively being asleep without realizing, and all I could feel was excruciating pain. Oh! So the first thing you do is just freak out. You're like, fuck, 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 fuck. Something didn't I... go right then if you were waking up during the surgery. No, you know? no this is not during the surgery. This normal. is after the surgery. I'm ah. in the recovery bay. Oh, look, I do that on a week. No, you know, yeah. like, not in even the, in uh, hospital. <laughs> in recovery, mate, you should be just out of it, just telling jokes flat out. Morphine. It shouldn't be painful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. You well, should, yeah did, pretty, you, pretty did you request the good drugs? Now, I don't want to interrupt well, they, your no, story, they, 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 but they when I was good, in for surgery, that, I was fine. I, I requested the good stuff. I'm like, look, I've yeah. got a high tolerance to this kind of shit. You need to give me the fucking good <laughs> stuff. Uh, otherwise, it's not going to work. And they don't ask questions. You know, you're in there. You're already paid up. You're already ready to go. They're like, all right, let's fucking give him the good stuff. That's him, what he wants. Yeah, you got to make the most of it. It's like going to Disneyland when you're in hospital, Greeno. It's, it, you'll only have as much fun as you allow yourself to have, yeah. you know. <laughs> so you got to make the most of it, brother. I mean, um, that's pharmaceutical grade, the shit they've got in there. None of this shit off the corner, off oh, the street look, corner uh, in no, Cabramatta. They, they, gave me the, uh, they gave me the high school big boy speech with some of the shit they gave me oh, as yeah. I left. They're like, oh, well, that's... these things, like, 
you know, these are scheduled, whatever they are, uh, you know, only take X amount. They gave, they gave me the speech, you know, drugs are bad. Um, so eventually, <laughs> drugs are bad. The whole fucking, your whole fucking industry is built on drugs. What the hell are exactly. you talking about? Um, so eventually uh, get out and then the doctor comes in. Oh, no, come back, call the what? Call the what? Oh, they're showing the Canberra. Green, I'm sorry to interrupt. They're showing the Canberra Raiders try celebration on the cricket coverage now. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who was pretending to be the batter is English. No, That's fucking beautiful. And the pommies are laughing for the. Mike Atherton's <laughs> laughing for the first time in his miserable life. That's brilliant. Well done. Very good. Fantastic. Um, so finally wake up, uh, get back to our room. Uh, for some reason, had a bad reaction to the anesthesia, so I couldn't, like, move without vomiting mm. for, like, 12 hours. That was a bit orcs. Um, so I'm like, I'll just sit very still in my bed and not eat anything, and we'll, we'll be all right here. Um, eventually, the doc comes in the next morning, and he's like, oh, did you speak to your wife last night? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I gave her a call. And I'm like, he goes, oh, did she go into specifics? I'm like, no, nah, no, nah. like, my cock and balls are still here, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're still there. Um, he goes, we end up finding, like, I said, oh, yeah, no, the wife said you found another hernia. And he goes, no, 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 no. Down your the middle of your abdomen, everything was torn and there were 10 extra hernias right down the middle that didn't wow. get picked up in the scan. Yeah. And I'm like, hang on. So I was still a bit out. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, uh, I'll show you the photo. Like when you come into the rooms, we just fixed them all. And I'm like, you're good. Like, let's not fucking do this again. Like, yeah. While you're under the hood, the right if thing. you notice the carby's got a bit of shit in it, you know, clean it yeah. out. I, like, I know I'm here to change the diff and change the oil and shit, but if you do notice the spark plugs need switching out, then go ahead by all means, you know, just do Fix it. the sparkies and, and while move you're on. There. So yeah. while you've got her opened up seems. anyway. <laughs> This surgeon seems pretty good at finding other shit while he's in there, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. look, I, I'm afraid I can't even allow you to leave the hospital today. You're going to need four new hernia <laughs> operations. It's yeah. going to cost you an extra 1200 bucks. You know, by l- legally, I'm not even allowed to let you walk out of here. I hope you understand. Yeah, we gave you knee reconstruction while you were there. <laughs> yeah. you were there. Exactly. Uh, thankfully, no extra bill from the doc. He just fixed uh, the hernias free of charge. Uh, it's, you know, buy two hernias, get 10 free. Right. Uh, oh, he had a good scary. deal that week. So thankfully, that was all fixed up. Now, the th- thing that kind of stood out for me there, I'm not a good person at not being able to do anything. Like, I got a person who needs to do like 10,000 things a day, keep myself busy, keep myself occupied. Yeah. I get bored very, very fucking easily. Now, when I'm in a hospital bed and I don't have anything other than whatever TV they've got going on there, geez, that was a fucking chore for the day and a bit I was in. Now, there was question marks if I'd be released the next day after how I was overnight. They were like, look, you can't really move and you're vomiting everywhere. This is probably not a good thing to release you. I'm like, oh, we'll see how we go. If only they had a DVD player, Green, you could have been watching Beer Fest or Mate, you know, reruns of Dawson's Creek. I could have Dawson's Creek. Yes. It would have been amazing. <laughs> Everyone would have been a winner. No, I could have watched the uh, DVD series of Fire with Toddy Goldsmith. That would have been sensational. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but what, what I did know, Notice is on the limited channels. I've never bothered to watch like when I watch the footy channel mm. on Foxtel. I watch the game and then turn it off because that's all I care about. Oh no, you got to watch realize... the magazine shows, Greedo. No, no, no. I didn't realize they just repeat the same shows over and over and over on a twenty-four hour cycle. Yeah. So I watched the same episode of NRL three hundred and sixty eight times in a twelve-hour span. I watched the exact same Maddie Johns podcast twelve times. So I'm like, well, fucking enough of this. I've watched all the footy a thousand times already. I'll flick it over to one of the other channels. That was this AFL repeat. footy show. <laughs> AFL three. 
360. Oh, that's a good ball. Then I got uh, repeats of the same episode of the back page 12 times in a row. At one point, I was so over episodes of the, the same episode of Backpage and NRL 360. I ended up watching the new Sex in the City for a bit. Oh God! I, that, can that I can I say only... you know your crusade <laughs> against Maccas that you've been going on for I think f- nearly twenty years now that you've since you've had Maccas. Yeah. Well, I can say with with my hand on heart and with pride that I have not watched a single episode of the back page since they fired Billy Birmingham. Greener. No, you're not missing anything. That was my yeah. fucking protest, and I'm very yeah. proud of it. You know, fuck you. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, definitely not missing. I, I did. I must admit, I did watch the episode this week out of interest, just because uh, Kerry O'Keefe was on. Oh, that's very like, oh. tempting. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, he's going to be amazing. It's going to be great, and it was fucking as bad as I expected it to be. Unfortunately, was Kerry was Kerry good though? He's always good, isn't now, he? Kerry's always good. It was yeah. just. Everything else, yeah, not so much. Yeah. Uh, they've ruined Kerry, unfortunately. So Jesus, they're um, peppering Moeen with the with the short stuff. They're really trying to mm. hit him in the face. I think. Don't worry, he'll come out next week and say it's because they were racist. So nice, yeah. Kerry. Spirit of cricket. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, made spirit it home, of Damo. cricket. <laughs> spirit of cricket. That's what we should have named the show. To be spirit in of cricket. To be fair. Yeah. Um, God, I was so, so sick of hearing that line. Oh, the spirit of cricket. The spirit of cricket. I was like, "Fuck off!" You, you, your fucking current batting coach got caught ball tampering twice. The mm-hmm. the only difference is when we caught our guys ball tampering, we sacked them for a year and turned them into a fucking humiliation. Like it wasn't world cricket. This is the thing that these fucking idiot poms don't understand. It wasn't world cricket that suspended Steve Smith and David Warner. It was us. We yeah. fucking banned them from playing. We suspended them ourselves because they, we were like, "Fuck this shit." Everyone else does it we fucking I, I still resent them both on some level like I've, I've i've gotten over it but i still resent them both on some level because remember greeno at the time we were like you know what really stings about this it's because every other fucking team does this shit and we've always been the team that doesn't you know what i mean we were the team that just fucking plays hard and fair and wins and now no, we did it we just didn't get caught well <laughs> we didn't get caught so so when we caught these guys, we we sacked them and, and humiliated them and they were out for a year and suspended. That's the reason that they were out for a year. These other fucking cunts that get picked uh, ball tampering and cheating and stuff, they get a match fine. And then, then, then the country's like, oh, well, come on back. We don't really have anyone else, Marcus. And Marcus Draskothic's been busted ball tampering twice. And he kept getting back in the team. And now he's the fucking coach of the fucking nice, team. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Uh, Faf Duplessis got busted. And then Faf they made Duplessis, him captain. yeah. Mike, Ath- Mike Atherton got busted doing it once, yeah. remember? Yeah. Back in the day. And, and then these fuckers have got the audacity to sit there and go, oh, the controversial Australians who were caught cheating. And it's like, you were fucking caught cheating yourself, personally. Yeah. Fucking hell. Anyway, sorry to sidetrack. I show, like stories just, about pinatas. Just to show the difference in the suspension. So the ICC suspended Steve Smith for one match. One match. For country, <laughs> yeah. Um, for conduct contrary to the spirit of the game, while Bancroft was fined 75% of his match fee. Which is and fuck off. three demerit points. And Warner got nothing. And a, Cricket, Cricket Australia walked in and went, nah, fuck this. We're going to make an example of this because this is going to be out of our game. And they went, bam, Smith and Warner, 12 months on your fucking bike. That's it. Bancroft, you can have nine months. That's it. And- so it was like one match versus 12 months. Yeah, every other country just goes with whatever the ICC says, right? 
And we were the only country that made an example of our guys who got caught fucking cheating because we don't accept that shit. Yet now the pommies think that they have the right to be like, oh, Australians are fucking cheaters. And it's like, no, no, no. Everybody cheats. The only difference is we punish ours and you fucking don't. Nice. Right? Yeah. You fucking flogs. Bunch it's of Stuart fucking Broad flogs. Like, Stuart Broad was out there and you could hear him in the stump mic saying to Kerry, oh, you'll always be remembered for this and... It's not in the spirit of the game. Like, he was the big advocate for it. But he was the fuckhead that, like, smashed it to first slip and yeah. stood his ground like he didn't hit the ball. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I don't, I don't, I see, this is the thing, though. Stuart Broad can say shit like that. But the reality is, Stuart Broad will always be remembered now because he wants it that way. Because he wants it this way, he'll be remembered as a fucking pantomime. Right, he he is the one who plays up to the crowd. He knows he talks bullshit most of the time, and long Ooh. after he retires, he'll be seen as a fucking side. Like, yeah, a good a good bowler who had some good spells and stuff. But he always plays up to the crowd. He he wants to be the new both of them. He's a he's a he's a colonel. He's a fucking two dollar store fucking version of Ian Botham. Um, <laughs> Stuart Broad. Yeah, I, and I kind of like that about him because he does play up to it and stuff. I remember when he first came out to Australia in his first Ashes tour because he lived here for years when he was studying and he played cricket here and stuff, and he was kind of offended that everyone was, like, booing him and shit, and that's what kind of gave him, like, this hard edge, right? He was like, oh, well, I always liked Australia, and now everyone's being so mean to me because I'm playing cricket for England. And he, he took that and ran with it, and then he wants to be, like, the big villain and stuff, but it's all fake. It's all an act. It's all for show. You know, he's not a tough guy. He's not, he can mouth off as much as he fucking likes, as much as he wants, but it's not going to make any fucking difference. At the end of the day, 10 years from now, they'll, but they're, they're going to remember about Stuart Broad will be his acting and he'll be like, you know, Botham, right? People don't talk about uh, Botham's great cricketing um, accomplishments, do they? They talk about Botham, oh, he's a character, right? And that's what Stuart Broad will be 10 years from now. They're not going to be talking about Stuart Broad, the cricketer. They'll be talking about Stuart Broad, the provocateur, the guy who wound up the Aussies. And that's how you're going to be remembered, mate. They're not even going to mm. remember a game that you played, you know? I'll, re- I'll remember him being Sid- Peter Siddle's birthday present. Patrick Boy. Patrick Boy. Nice, Gary. <laughs> Sorry, Greeno, your guts are getting cut open, mate. Back to hospital. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it was done with that story off memory. Oh, no, that's right. End up uh, discharging myself at the end because I'm like, well, I can't deal with any more of this fucking back page and NRL 360 shit. Go home, get my Dawson's Creek into me. Um, (laughs) Beer fest. (laughs) Beer fest. So in the end, they end up uh, up having to put like a 10 by 15 centimeter like piece of mesh behind my abdomen. I'm like, that seems quite large, doesn't it? The doc's like, yeah, it's pretty big. To stop your guts falling out, was it? So the guts falling back out while it all heals back up. So I'm wow. like, that's, that's, so you got a bit of an A4, A4 bit of paper behind the, uh, behind the abdomen. I'd and, be like, uh, mesh, can't it still push through mesh? Why don't we get a bit of leather in there, a bit of cowhide or something? You know, something that'll uh, last. I think, I think it's industrial mesh. It's not kind of that cheap, you know, over-the-counter fly mesh. It's, uh, it's, it's a quality product. Fly screen in there. <laughs> yeah, no fly screen. We're all good. And we're not keeping them, we're keeping the mosquitoes out of this bad boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, the blowies. Is, that, is, that, yeah. is it disposable? Uh, sorry, like is it de- um, decompostable? Like, well, like, <laughs> de- yeah, it, I guess. No, it just it stays in there forever. So what's like you know forever. not exactly a funny story. Uh, what I've got forever mesh. So for my rehab, basically we're trying to develop scar tissue that grows over it behind, so it kind of like gets encased inside the abdomen. There you go. There you Fun go. fact. 
Um, so when you die and you get buried, long after you're gone, there's going to be a skeleton there with a bit of mesh on its belly. Bit of mesh. Yeah. <laughs> Old green egg gauze guts. Yeah. Exactly. You're basic. Uh, you're basically like you know part robot now, aren't you? There's exactly. Got a yes. bit of technology in you. Next. <laughs> That's it. After after baseball, we'll get you the um you know the metal fucking shoulder reconstruction, and that'll be you mm-hmm. know you're basically becoming RoboCop one one surgery at a time. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, Fantastic. one piece, one piece, piece by piece, we'll get there. Uh, so that's that story time. There we go. That was a good story. I like stories about pinatas. How's the recovery going anyway? Are you back on your uh, feet? Or? Uh, yeah, back on my feet now. So the first day I physically could only do like eight steps. That's about as much as I could do. Uh, and then slowly building up from there. Uh, so out and about a bit more now, able to move. But I last about... Uh, two hours on my feet, and then have to go a bit of a lay down. Do you still um, think you'll be back for baseball finals in four weeks from I'll be, now? I'll be back, baby. I'll be four back. weeks, I'm take, mate. I'm taking this. I'm taking this shit seriously here. Uh, like I said, doing all my rehab, doing everything they asked me to do. No beers, no nothing. Just keeping healthy. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be back. I'll be. You know, good. you know what's going to happen because you were in career best baseball form before you went MVP, down for this mate. surgery. MVP. Yeah, you yeah. know what's going to happen. You're going to come back and you're going to be rusty as hell and you're going to go straight fun. into the finals and you're going to fucking yeah. strike out and miss ground balls. You're going to be like, fuck this. You know, this yeah. is right. Hey, you, you don't know the sad story, though. They were undefeated. Story. I like stories about pinatas. What happened? I don't know if Green has told you this, but his no. team was undefeated due to his phenomenal stats. Yeah. First week off. Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's not paint over it. So, first week off surgery, first loss of the season. No yeah. green. Which nice, eight and eight, eight and one. First week I was out. Wow. And I'm like, well, just furthers my case for my MVP. Even missing so six will weeks, they be eight and two after this week, or we'll find out. We'll find out. The pressure's on, boys. Pressure's that, on. That were, my, that were my parting words to my team when I'm like going to be out don't six. Fuck like, it don't, up. don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. See you guys in six. Like, I fucking carried to... this team for the first eight rounds, and I expect you to carry me yeah. into the finals now. That's it. Yeah. Just. Wait. We need to do st- maintain the status quo. We don't need to be dominating. We just need to keep winning. Let's see how yeah. we go. Um, yeah, hopefully the boys get the win this week. So it's all good. Shout out to the boys. Um, so it, it's it's weird situation when it hurts to breathe. That's that's something you don't generally have to deal with in everyday life. Oh, I do. Uh, I'm a smoker. So you well, know, yeah. <laughs> so that that was kind of an adjustment period of like, oh, how do I adjust breathing? Um, those kind of things, not being able to move in bed and shit like that. But aside from that, recovery is, is slowly getting there. Okay, good stuff. Just on the um, on the the same topic, um, I don't want this to go too in depth, but um, a few months ago I had uh, corrective surgery on an old football injury, right? And I had to fly to Brisbane for surgery, and I was that looking forward to it that they actually were concerned and they said, "Are you feeling okay?" Like this is in the room before you go into the surgery, and I said, "Yeah, I feel fine." Why is that? And she said, "Well." your heart rate's sort of going between 48 and 51. And um, that's quite low. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, are you, like, are you a, um, a marathon runner? I'm like, oh, fuck no. Um, <laughs> do you go to the gym? And I'm like, well, I, I do go to the gym. And they're like, oh, that's probably the reason why. I'm like, well, let's not get too carried away here. I'm like, not an everyday gym. I'm just like, I go there to maintain health. Are you showing yeah, the beach bod? I go, like, hey, I go there to drop off up. the mail. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, so are you feeling okay? I'm like, mate, I'm looking forward to getting put into sleep while they 
these drugs and having a good fucking sleep. Like, let's let's do it. Like, oh, let's get it. Yeah. And um, yeah, they 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 had to put, put me back up to the monitor and make sure that I was okay and and fully functional and whatnot. I'm just no, there's nothing wrong, guys. I'm just I'm ready. Let's do it. Put me to sleep. Let's do it. Ready to and, um, go. And I, I came out of the surgery actually. Um, uh, a day later, I went back into our group chat and I didn't realise that I took a photo in recovery and sent it to you guys. Yeah, you sent it to us. Yeah. I was so hooked up and I was fucking off my tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's still found time to take a selfie. I like it. I guess yeah, yeah. it's B's oh. priority tree. It's like, you know, at least surgery done. Selfie, selfie to the boys. I liked it. Yeah. At, at least you had the option of uh, pay TV or, or streaming services. I had the free-to-wear plus channel. So it was either, you know, my phone or the gardening program on bloody ABC2 or something like that. I'm just like, fuck this. You didn't well, have the uh, trains show channels. Yeah. yeah. But it's good to hear that you're back on, on the mend anyway, mate. And um, hopefully it doesn't take too long. Yeah, no, I'm back and I said it'd be nice to be able to get back and do the show. I don't know, like I don't like missing shows. So I was kind of like pissed off last week, and I'm like, well, whilst like uh, you literally got cut open two days ago, like you're allowed to miss a show. I'm like, yeah, but that's fucking to the show. I don't miss shows. Like we're already up to season nine, for fuck's sake. Like you've got to <laughs> get this thing back on road. Right, <laughs> but yeah, no, good, good to be good to be back. Say no writers' strike. The fans demand that the show returns to season nine, Greeno. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. Out there. Ah, uh, it's a bit. Sorry, just to cut in there for a second. Speaking of injuries, um, it looks like Ben Stokes has picked up an injury out there oh, in the middle. Oh, look, as well. yeah, he's sooking it up, isn't he? He's stretching. Yeah, he's oh no, oh me back. You know what? I'm kind of fucking sick of him doing this too. If you're that fucking hurt, mate, why don't you fucking take a seat? All right. He every single game he goes out. You know why? Because he loves getting the hero plaudits. He loves everyone. Go, oh, he's such a warrior. He's such a battler. He goes out there every game and fights on, even though he's completely injured. Is he though? Because he he seems to keep getting out there, and everyone keeps rewarding him for being out there whilst playing injured. But really, what does he do? He walks around and he stretches a little bit, and he he winces a little bit, and goes, "Oh, I'm kind of sore." You know, fuck off if you that fucking injured what are you doing out there in the first place fuck off you should be yeah, like Nathan Lyon play until you can't fucking play anymore to play a hundred tests in a row then we'll fucking talk Ben nice Gary <laughs> it reminds me of um, um, Andy Murray as well he does the same thing in the tennis yeah it's a pommy thing it's a pommy thing look oh at- look I'm a hero because I'm a little bit sore really no no a hero is playing a hundred tests in a row go fuck yourself Nathan Lyon couldn't use the steps in coordination when he went out the bat the other day. That's right. And you, and did you see when he went out to bat, Greeno and Brad, when he went out to bat, all the pommies were like, oh, this is wrong. If you've got no chance of, of scoring, you shouldn't come out to bat. This is the way they fucking talk. Oh, if, if you've got no chance of scoring, you shouldn't go out there to bat. That's not right. He's wasting everyone's time. And Ben Stokes walks out there and puts on the act, and they're like, oh, he's a fucking hero for he's going hero. out there. <laughs> they're, such fucking, they're so full of shit, these fucks. <laughs> I've noticed it so much more this Ashes series, probably more than any other, and it's because they've been smelling their own farts for the last two, uh, 12 months about fucking baseball, thinking they came into this thinking that they were going to destroy us, you know? They genuinely believed it. Oh, no, we're going to play so aggressive. We're going to put them on the back foot. We're going to fucking smash them. And look what's happening. They're falling fucking apart. Ben Stokes is feigning injuries. They're whinging about legitimate fucking dismissals, calling yeah. it cheating. They're let's, falling let's take, apart. Let's take, one, 
Let's take one step back, though. Like falling Stop apart. Stop defending them, Greeno. Both, both <laughs> tests have gone down to the last last day, last session. Mentally, like mentally, they're falling apart. And a couple of runs. Mentally, like, they're it, falling apart, Greeno. The fans are turning on them. The press is turning on them. Now they're pretending to be injured. You know, fuck off. Get the fuck out. Well, it's I'm glad Stokes is injured because he's kicking our ass whilst he's got his fucking ass issue. Whatever. It's not the kicking anyone's to. ass. They're losing two nil. Now, he's individually kicking some ass, though. 155, 24, not out. We, yeah. we need to break this partnership, by the way. Um, yeah. They're getting a little bit too comfortable over there. Uh. Uh, what have we got in the rundown? Headline of the week, Damo. Headline you of the week. You came across this? Yeah, this is fantastic. This is one for the ages. Because didn't we uh, touch on the headline of the week in the last season, Greeno, if I'm not mistaken? We did, yeah, last episode of last season, i.e. two weeks ago. Yeah, the last episode um, of season eight. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we 20, had a quality, quality headline there. We're like, that's going to be hard to beat. This one is right up there. I think this one may beat it. Boston City Councillor Kendra Lara crashed into a house while speeding with a revoked licence, injured her son who was not properly restrained. She was driving a car that belonged to a BPS teacher who filmed her naked with her son after having anal sex. Nice, Gary! That's a fucking headline, my friend. There's a bit going on there. Once again, we needed our sex. Break it down. Um, yeah. All right, so let's, let's, let's start at the end, okay? Okay, so... <laughs> you want to start with the anal sex? Well, no, I need to work backwards here. So... Ah, I see what you did there. Nice, Gary. Nice, Gary! Car belonged to a BPS teacher who filmed her naked with her son after having anal sex. Now, I'm assuming the anal sex was not with the son? No, no. I think the anal sex... So, yeah, that's that's. they don't actually point out if they had anal sex. I feel like it's lacking some commas. Or were they... Or was it filmed after having anal sex, but with someone else, you know, with someone else, and then she's walked out naked in front of her son and they filmed that, but they didn't film the anal sex filmed her naked with her son. So no, no, she was naked whilst she was with her son after having anal sex. So who, time to put the pants on after, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, do, well, do you want to hang loose after you, you after you have anal sex, Green? I'm just let it let it air out a little bit, maybe back. There. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, my next question would be, which is the lesser of these two evils that happened to the son? You've got a film naked with him, hmm. or crash because he wasn't properly restrained. Properly restrained. <laughs> That's right. Well, he couldn't be properly restrained. He had a sore ass, Green. It's not his fault. <laughs> He had to be bent over the seat. <laughs> she crashed into a house while speeding with a revoked license. Now, that's also worth a shout, Greeno. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't be out there with a revoked license. It shows she injured her son. And, yes, I, I do think... Now, was the filming of the anal sex done during the traffic accident, which led to them crashing into the house, But Yeah, was this all in the car? Yeah. yeah what, what's, what's the situation here? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the best uh, response, obviously, the first one, what the fuck did I just read? Couldn't agree. Nice, Gary! <laughs> there you go. That's a fantastic headline. Love that stuff. Well done. Headline of the week. Now we that go was sent through the... by the Minister of Fun, Greeno, by the way. Kimmy. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Shout out to Kimmy. Yep. Well done, Kimmy. Uh, we go from headline of the week to, like, we like to call out quality. Like, we, we criticise journalism a lot these days. But sometimes you see uh, journalistic integrity go to a new, a new level where you're like, well, it's nice to see things getting back on track out there. Um, and we came across this throughout the course of the week, which is kind of helped me get a bit more faith there in, in journalism and what we got there. <laughs> Daily Mail US. 
Kevin Costner's first wife, Cindy Silver, shops for groceries 30 years after their marriage ended. Nice, Gary! There's a lot to unpack here. I reckon there's more yeah. to unpack here than in the last headline because the last headline's actually quite descriptive by comparison. It tells you mm-hmm. everything that happened leading up to the crash and the anal sex and all that. But mm-hmm. now, with this particular headline, Kevin Costner's first wife, Sydney Silver, shops for groceries 30 years after their marriage ended, I'm thinking, like, is this the first time that she shopped for groceries since their marriage ended? Because... <laughs> The way they write it, Kevin Costner's first wife shops for groceries 30 years after their marriage ended. It's like, well, yeah. what has she been doing this whole time? She be get, Uber didn't in, exist guess. in 1993. Yeah. You know, there, there was no home deliveries of groceries back then. So what's she been living off, Greeno? How did she get groceries if she, this is the first time after 30 years since the marriage ended? And she's finally become an independent woman, though, I guess, which is nice for her, isn't it? It's been a rough week for Kevin because I think I saw another article earlier uh, where his current new ex-wife wants... His current uh, new ex-wife. <laughs> wants, not the one from 30 years ago who hasn't eaten. Hasn't no, the been most shopping. recent ex-wife. The yeah. most recent ex. Uh, she wants $100,000 a month in like uh, alimony payments. Mm. That seems excessive. Well, if you live in California and you're rich, that's what you got to do. Uh, it's It's different in the States. Like, it depends what state you're in, how much, like, if that looks... So that alimony law, I think, is a very California thing and it doesn't necessarily work in other states. I don't think that necessarily applies in other states. That's why mm. you get so many people in Hollywood who end up having to pay ridiculous amounts of alimony because I think it's like you have to cover their living expenses. Whatever living expenses they got accustomed to while they 1. were with you. $1.2 million a year. Yeah, so if uh, I think that's the way the, the law works. Whatever living expenses they got accustomed to when they were with you, you are now obligated to pay that for like 20, 30 years into the future, which is nuts if you think about it. It's um, absolutely crazy. It really is. Like uh, Eddie Murphy did a whole bit about that back in the day, remember? It's like, yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Here, Johnny, I made $40. Put that with the rest, you know. <laughs> you, you ain't paying shit. Your one job is to fuck your husband. That's it. Fuck your husband. Uh, so Now we got $20 million and 40 $40. Put that with the rest. Nice, You're not going to get a job in the salon on the weekends and shit. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I wish we could bring Eddie back, but we've been over it on the show. The reason that we can't have Eddie Murphy ever again is because his his whole routine is saying nigger and faggot. So you can't, we're not allowed to do it anymore. So, nice, Gary. But yeah, there you go. We get cancelled just for replaying what someone else said. Well, that's, yeah, that's right. 100%. Yeah. Uh, whether you agree or disagree, it doesn't even matter anymore. Context doesn't mm-hmm. even matter anymore. But the main thing is Kevin Costner's wife is finally out there getting groceries again. Getting groceries 30 years after. Yeah. Well done. Well well done. done. Yeah, she got over it finally, Greeno. She's she's the real winner here, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She hasn't uh, stocked up for a while after 30 years. No, what has she got there? Like, it looks well, like yeah. bullshit, like flowers. Yeah, um, 30 years and you pick up some flowers? Actually, you know what? Let's have a look. I want to see what groceries she got. Did we get a peer into her little shopping cart? She got some milk? Surely. Yeah. You'd want a bit of milk after 30 years? Yeah, okay. What are we going to Ice cakes and cocaine. Yeah, no, this doesn't look like groceries at all, I've got to say. No, she's not even, yeah, that's definitely not a grocery shop. That seems like she's going for some flowers and she's got a reusable bags. Yeah. It's amazing that someone picked her out, actually. Uh, <laughs> is this the new husband? Is it? Has anyone questioned if that is actually Kevin Costner's ex-wife? I don't know. So this is a, this is a, okay, this is what she looked like back in the day. 
So this has got to be field, field of Dreams style here. Yeah, I this think. is Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner. Untouchables, Kevin Costner, maybe. Yeah, correct. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And here she is today. She kind of looks like a poor man's version of what's that uh, lesbian's name? Diane Keaton, Greener. Diane Keaton, there you go. I didn't realize Diane Keaton was a lesbian. There you go. I learned something. I just assumed she was, so I don't know if she is. Yeah, dead. That's that's Father of the Bride, Diane Keaton, isn't it? Was she in Father of the Bride? Yeah, she was the mum. Was she really? She was the mother of the bride. Okay. I remember in all those annoying um, old woman shows. The, yeah, the current, yeah, the current like rom com. But yeah, she was also in uh, Godfather stuff. Was she in the Godfather? Yeah. Really? What did she do in the Godfather? She was uh, Michael's wife. Oh, that's right. Nice, Gary. Nice, Gary. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, Damo, look, we, we've we've criticised this level of journalism, but and and things that are cancelable. But thankfully, hmm. there's still one man who's willing to speak truth, Damo. <laughs> truth. <laughs> And that's the bear, the Eve bear Maurice. E. Maurice. Uh, we need to get a theme song for E. Maurice's The Bear's Tweet of the Week. Uh, I, I guess it would just thank be you, thanks. Thanks, Muchy. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that with a beat. You know, thanks very much, <laughs> Muchy, with a beat. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you could use, you could probably use the soundbite from the Twelfth Man when he does the introductions. Dun 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 dun. Uh, I'm officially over the following: governments and politicians, free-to-air TV, NRL, talk radio, biased media, and liars. Everyone else is lovely. Nice, Gary. <laughs> the bear. Absolutely. He's Absolutely a man of the people, out. Greeno, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's an absolute man of the people, Marie. It's a shame it took us having to find the bear on Twitter to get him over a 1,000 followers, to be fair. I love this. Legends of Sports tweeted at him. Loved your work on Wired World of Sports. I'm going to like that. Give that one a like. <laughs> Uh, think you may be onto like something there, guy. Ian. Feel the same way. So he's getting a lot of support. You know what? We'll give Ian Maurice a retweet. How about that? Get a retweet for the bear. Yep. Follow Ian Harry Maurice, likes. by the way. Yeah. Yep. Ian Maurice. Now, uh, question is: Is the bear going to go over to Threads? Uh, now, see, you put this in the rundown. I don't know what Threads is. <laughs> ah, okay. So, BE, do you want to cover this one? No, all yours, mate. I'm just watching the wicket the Aussies just got. Oh, we got a wicket. Fuck that. We didn't get a wicket. It's still 131 for five. Or am I behind? Oh, Moeen's hit it up in the air. He skied it. Yes, there's a man under it. And he's gone. Moeen's gone. We're into the bowlers now. There we go. Smitty. Nice safe hands. We could get them out for one. We could get them out for 150 here. And then the way they. 150? No, no. They're six for 131. So the way that, again. The thing is, right, the way that these fuckers were carrying on last night when we were all out for 263, it was as if they'd won the Ashes, you know what I mean? Oh, carrying on. And now here we are today. They could probably get bowled out for about 150-odd, and they're dead fucker. There's nothing more satisfying during the Ashes than a fucking silent English crowd, you know what I mean? The thing of beauty. Love it. It is. Uh, it nice really work. Is. Paddy, four wickets already uh, yeah. leading from the front, which is nice he's to gonna, see. Going to get his own five for here, Paddy. And the difference is Paddy's going to get – he's got all the openers. He's got, like, the top order. Uh, Wood mm-hmm. got the tail, didn't he? He cleaned up the tail for his fifer, to be fair to Mark Wood. Like, he, he's a good bowler uh, and he's very quick. Oh, no, no. He only got, like, what, maybe one of the top five, I think. I think yeah, he got he Travis Head. Yeah, he Kwaja. Yeah, and, and then Carey, uh, no, he, uh, he got um, Carey, Court Wokes. Carey doesn't count as a top or middle order batsman. He's a keeper, so 
Okay, no, nah, all yours then. You're good. Yeah, so you got Kawaja, and then the rest were more or less tailenders. He got Carey, Star, Cummins, and Murphy. Yeah, good job. So he got the bowlers. He got the bowlers out. Job. You want your fast bowler to clean up the tail? No kind of carry on runs. Yeah, but he had to but, do. but the difference is Cummins has got like from the number two batsman down order. to the number yeah. fucking six, so he's going to get his own fifer as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> well done. You take away the uh, the creek, mate. We'll be even Stevens, but nah, the creek steps up. Oh no, he's the greatest Australian player who's ever fucking walked out there. Obviously, the creek. <laughs> we love well him. We've always let's loved him. Let's let's give a nice Gary to the creek. We to should. Be fair. Nice should we give him a sorry book? No, fuck it. Sorry. no, 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 okay, no, 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 let's, let's calm <laughs> down with the fucking sorry book. Um, this is that yet. No, what is it? It's definitely a Mitchell Johnson award. Fuck yes, hit the Mitchell John. Good, good call, B.E. Um, I'll be back. I'll be back. She'll be back. I'm back. I'll be back. He is back. Because this dude hadn't hadn't played first class cricket in two years. Yep. We talked about it when the squad was announced. Well, like, Mitchell Marsh is in the fucking squad. The he guy just hasn't played shield. He retired from state cricket, Greta. No, he didn't. He just because he's been playing a lot of T Twenty. What the fuck are they doing? Swinging at that shit. I'll keep doing it. That's fine. Um, and uh, basically, out of the blue, they pulled him from the hundred. He's over there playing T Twenty at the moment. I'm like, this is what the. Can we get him some county cricket? Something. No, yeah. no. He, he was over there playing hits, shit and gig, shits and giggles, T20 stuff. Or the 100, whatever it is. Um, and then, yeah, Green pulled up a bit sore after a mild hamstring strain. He's come in. I'm like, well, this is oh, – no, we're not hiding nothing here. He hasn't played first class and then fucking save, save this test for us at, at the moment. So I've, I've got done a, to him. We need to give a special shout-out to Paddy Cummins, by the way, too. I don't know if you caught that or not, but – when Smith took the catch, he actually turned around to Ben Stokes and gave him a thumbs up and said, "Is that okay? Is that all right?" Like, is that a legit catch or you know, is that all right? Or... <laughs> now he might have actually been saying to the umpire because there's been a lot of front foot no balls. He uh, might have been going, "Was that was that front foot okay?" Okay, you know what. Uh, I'd like to think it's the other way, so let's just... We'll run with it. Yeah, we'll run with it. <laughs> well, if not? it was Bairstow they got out, then I would have said, oh, that makes sense, but because it was Moen, it's like, oh, well, that's not really... Oh, fuck oh, but that looks pretty good. Starking. Oh, come on. Oh, we've got no. uh, Henry's joined us in the chat. Uh, Kitty B's in the chat, by the way. Nice, good to see you. Sorry to bore you all with this cricket talk, to be I fair. Kitty B, Kitty like B won't mind. Kitty B won't mind because I think she quite likes the cricket. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think she likes the cricket. Henry wouldn't know what the fuck cricket is because he's an he's a proper American, so he'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't dig on the cricket. Oh, we've oh, this could be LB. No, no, it's not. no, nah, too high. Oh, we side. just heard him again. That's all right. Ben Stokes is playing like he's been uh, hit by a fucking grenade launcher yet again. Oh, what a hero! He's out there. He's such a hero for England, isn't he, <laughs> Ben Stokes? He's taking all the fucking bullets, isn't he, Ben Stokes? Oh, he's marvelous. Yeah. Sorry. We've... Did you, speaking of Stokes, um, did you see the? Uh, this is only a minor part of the game, but the the boundary he supposedly staved um, yesterday. No. So he's um he's he slid along the ground. He's put his forearm on the boundary rope and flicked the ball back to his teammate. I'm not sure who it was. Hmm. And um and they've done replay after replay. He clearly touched the the um the ropes. And... Spirit of cricket, B. Spirit of cricket. Yeah. <laughs> 
They've called it two. And he's he's even turned around and put two fingers up to say it was only two runs. And, and oh, my clearly, hero. yeah. But I mean, to be fair, they've reviewed it and they called it the other way. But I don't know what the fuck they were watching. Yeah, the, the whole thing, cricket. the whole thing where he was like, "Oh, I wouldn't have, I would have withdrawn that appeal after mm. the Bearstow dismissal." That I, oh, I put shit. it in that group chat. Well, I put it in that group chat. Bearstow's fucking constantly trying to throw the oh. stumps down. You know, he's constantly trying to do it to our, our players. So as if he would have fucking called it back. Fuck off. It's easy Works to just say. Got the sting it to the head. Oh, has he? Now, see, you're too, you're too far ahead. You need to pause your. Sorry. You need to pause your coverage for at least. I reckon 20 seconds. So you got to speed up your coverage, Damo, because I'm about the same pace as BE. I can't speed it up. It is what it is. I can't pause it. It's, it's live oh. stream. I can't. Yeah, that's same whack. here. That, he's, oh, yeah, Stokes, even Stokes. Oh, that doesn't look good. He's done well. He stood his ground, though. Yeah. Stark, I miss the days when the bowlers would Fuck, just turn bad. around and walk back to their mark, though. Stark's gone up to check on him. I miss the days when he would just turn around and say, well, well fuck nah, it. Nah, see, fuck I, it. I prefer that. I like him going to check on him. Like, not spirit of cricket, Damo. Come not on. Spirit. Fuck off with this spirit of cricket <laughs> shit, Greedo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's nothing wrong I with think playing once, hard. I, I think once there was a fatality in a bouncer. There was, yeah, that, uh, that, changed, quite, that changed cricket forever, yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. Those people, people do it, but there's quite concern now by both teams. Yeah, 100%. People realise well, it's, it's a game. No, so. no, no. I'm sorry. He didn't fucking drop dead. He's still standing there on his own two feet. There's no need to go up and check on him. It's like, well, he's fine. He, I'll tell you what, if he dies, send me a memo. Okay. If he dies, if he dies, I'll send him some of Kevin Costner's ex-wife's fucking flowers. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note? Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later, Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week so check it out. There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. And old cartoons We hope to see you over there very soon It's our special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessie When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy
now with less than 3% sport content. It's the starting block on TAVshow.com. Yes, welcome back to the block, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I'm sure you're all uh, sick of the cricket by now, but I feel like I just need to reiterate what we're dealing with here as Australians watching this watching this fucking series over in England and the, and the amount of dick-sucking that the English do, I've just raced out and grabbed another drink and I've come back to the booth and I've, um, you know, adjusted the mixer and put my headphones on and I look at the cricket coverage that I've got off in the side, on, on a side monitor here, and they're actually playing, like, while whilst England is currently 6 for 133, right, they're trailing by 130, they're playing <laughs> highlights of Ben Stokes in 2019. These fuckers, the fucking innings that he played in 2019. Now, see, you don't need you need to understand the English mentality when it comes to cricket. Why they are so fucking infuriating at times. Like, I don't have anything personally against English people, but always around Ashes time, there's something particularly fucking annoying about English people during the Ashes because they are so two faced and so fucking hypocritical. In 2005, they won the first Ashes series, I think, in like 20-something years, right? And they caught, like, the, the, the captain of that team got a knighthood from the Queen because they won that Ashes series. And it's regarded, the English um, people think of that as, like, the greatest Ashes series of all time, right? They won it. The very next Ashes series, when they came out here, we beat them 5-0. Do you know what, literally, do you know what the English people call that Ashes series? They call it the Forgotten Series. Nice, Gary! Like it never fucking happened. <laughs> the Forgotten Series. And so here we are. They're currently 2-0 down. This is why they suck. This is why we've won more Ashes tests in England than England has. It's because... Here we are, 2 0 up in this fucking series. We're currently on top of this game, and what are they concerned about? Oh, remember in 2019 when we drew the series and Ben Stokes had that one great innings? Wasn't that wonderful? Look at it. Let's play highlights of that. Fucking hell, man. You've got to live in the moment sometimes, boys. You've got to Isn't take Paul your opportunities. Colling- Paul Collingwood got some ridiculously low score and got nodded for it. Yeah, Sir Paul Collingwood, trouble. yep. Yeah, it was the series in Australia that they won and they'd done that stupid dance at the SCG or some shit. Yeah, that's right. um, And, um, yeah, he got some some horrible, horrible batting numbers and because he was part of the team, he got knighted. And Warner used to feed it to him. (laughs) Warner used to feed the fuck out of him. He's like, hell, you're a fucking knight. You didn't even do anything. One of the best stories I've speaking heard. Of, speaking of Warney, Damo, good yeah. time to go to uh, fans love their Warney biopics. Oh, we will. I, just very quickly, though, before we do that, um, where is the Warney thing? I had it up here. Where's the Warney story? I did have it here somewhere. Fuck, where is it? Uh, I guess we'll just have to talk about it for some reason. I don't have the link. Um, but before we get to that, just very quickly, um, I remember Kerry O'Keefe telling a story about Paul Collingwood. And so obviously the former English cricketer. And so he was at a ground, right, during an Ashes series. And apparently there was like a guy wearing a – he was talking to Paul Collingwood like on for an interview, right? And there was a guy who walked past wearing a Collingwood Magpies fucking AFL shirt. 
And there were some Aussies like around there who started singing good old Collingwood forever, like the, the AFL team song. And apparently Paul Collingwood turned to him and tipped his fucking hat. No! <laughs> thinking, that they, thinking that they were singing to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a flog. What a fucking flog. Oh, mate. Uh, Shane Warne has gone on record to state that he's sledged to Paul Collingwood. Um, quote, you got an MB, MBE, right, for scoring seven at the Oval. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be fair, Collingwood did have the last laugh, though, because Warney's now dead. Nice, Gary! <laughs> so he did win in the end. No, so, uh, yeah, the show about Warney that came out, Greeno, Earlier this yeah, so about a month after, ago. After all the hype, all the advertising that just was uh there was drowning. A lot of hype, wasn't there? There was a lot so lot of coverage, a lot of ads on the the nine now app. Did you watch um, it? Like hand on heart, did any did any of us watch it? I didn't watch it. So I watched the first two episodes. Oh, there's episodes. I thought it was like a movie, so I, I'm glad I didn't fucking invest in it now because I I thought it was like a one and done situation. No, it was a major drama event. Oh, um, it's warning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fa- okay. He takes a couple of wickets. He fucks a couple of slappers, and then we're done, right? That's how it works. Yeah. Takes some um, rograin or whatever it's called. Rograin. Exactly. Yeah. No, they um, it, it is a series. I think what they've tried to try to do over time is uh, remember that series they made um Carrier. of King's Cross, Channel Nine Underbelly. Um, what was it called? Underbelly. That's right. Yeah. So that was such a huge success that they thought, fuck it, let's get on top of that. And they started to make more and more. And it's as time's gone on, it's gotten worse and worse. And this Warney series, I'm sorry, was fucking atrocious. Uh, the actors that they even picked for it, like the, the Shane Warne, I mean, there is a, a, a fair resemblance to the guy who's playing the lead the lead character, yeah. but he's standing next to another guy talking about cricket, and I'm, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And it was Steve War. Absolutely looks nothing like him. Uh, and they have to keep referring to the person in the series as Steve War because you don't know who the actual guy is. Um, it just seemed very rushed. Um, they, yeah, they like, seem to. He died like a year ago. It seems, it seems like a biopic is something that should have been done like maybe a decade down the track. Mm. But like when they could kind of tell the true story, because this seems like a bit of oh look, we'll we'll get the thing out there. We'll uh, you know we'll tell the story that everyone kind of knows. I'd I'd like to see some like real behind the scenes like shit that we didn't know about Warney. You know what I mean? What that did what didn't watch. we know about Warney though? Right. What they did, right, for an example in the series, so um, Warney and Kevin Peterson go back to the hotel room with a bunch of girls from a nightclub. We know then, we know that about Warney. That's, that's uh, what yeah. I know. <laughs> so this is when he was still um, married and his wife was yeah. moving to England. So we she was in that. the process of packing the house up. Um, so works. She found out yep. about it. She found out about Starkey. it by reading the paper. She saw pictures of him <laughs> in his underwear well, no, on no, the no, balcony. No, so, no, no. I'll, I'll just hang with me for a second. So they KP KP and these and Warney took these girls back to the hotel, uh, back to their their apartment. Um, and the series shows him going like getting a little bit comfortable with this woman, and then he, he comes to the realization, no, this is wrong. Then he walks out, and it shows him walking down the street at the camera, and it kind of goes along the lines of. But did that actually really happen? And that did rewound. not happen. <laughs> and then it, it rewound back to 
being in the apartment and then them making out. So they're kind of throwing two storylines here without actual fact, you know what I mean? So they're uh, going, well, this possibly could have happened, that possibly could have happened. Um, yeah, we know the yeah, first and, thing didn't happen. Yeah. Well, then his wife moved over there and then, then she saw the, the newspaper article just like as she arrived, the house was still not unpacked and things like that. And then she went back to Australia. But there were a few instances like that that um, in the series where they went two possibilities. And I think another one was the hearing with Cricket Australia in regards to the um, bookmaker scandal um, in India. That's Once right. again, not the truth. Yeah, didn't tell the true story. Told. No, the, yeah. They like, oh, well, no one really knows the true story, so they kind of had to make it up. And then don't put, don't like, do the fucking program then. Like, yeah. how does it? And so I think it was like it, it, it was rushed in two cents. It was rushed in the storyline, and it was rushed to like it's too early since his passing. Yeah. And I just think that Channel Nine thought we need to get on top of this before anyone else does. Let's do it now. So um, it was a bit disappointing, but yeah, that's and not surprisingly, no one fucking watched it. Five hundred and twenty-eight thousand mm. out of uh, twenty-six million people that live in Australia uh, watched the program. Outrated by Dancing with the Stars. Now I didn't even realize Dancing with the Stars was still on in Australia, um, <laughs> and apparently it is, and still hosted by Daryl Summers. Believe it or not, is it really? It really is. You're joking. That's incredible. I shit you not. Wow. Yeah. That's that's like the best news I've had all week. That Daryl Summers still has a gig. That's fucking fantastic. Nice, Gary. Nice to be Gary. fair though, Daryl Summers has got a gig because his production company owns Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, Daryl's a fucking very, very, very wealthy individual. And has yeah, Daryl. Daryl employs Daryl, and Daryl takes care of Daryl. Well, Daryl. Daryl is like Daryl is like the nineteen. Let's be. If you're not aware of who we're talking about. Daryl is like the 1980s slash 1990s version of Rove McManus, basically. Like he 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 started an empire and hired his friends and you know yeah. made a made a fucking thing out of it, and which is what Rove McManus did more or less. Mm-hmm. But he was following the Daryl Summers model. It needs to be stressed. Half of the uh, uh, logies that Rove McManus won, Greeno, should be handed over to Daryl Summers. Daryl Summers, yeah. fairness, nice, <laughs> exactly. I think he was he was the founder of Australian variety television. I, I think it obviously it's been done abroad. Wow. No, Graham like, Kennedy. I you don't think, think so. Oh, yeah. Graham Kennedy in Don Melbourne Lane, tonight. All those kind of guys. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. What he did do though is he's the like he was smart enough. Him and Ernie Carroll uh, developed their own production company yeah. that mm. produced all that, and they were the first pioneers of kind of owning their own. Grundy program. wasn't it? Is that right. Grundy? Grundy? No, that's that's someone else. That's someone else. Um. But yeah, Summers Carol is is kind of like a yeah, big production company, and then her dad, and that's what other people piggybacked off. A la, like you mentioned, their demo, Rove, and, and whatnot. Yeah, and working dog. Um, and none of those programs are worth watching. Any of them, to be fair, anything under that Rove banner, terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, yeah, what? What? Well, okay, this is an interesting trivia. What? Shows were under the Rove banner. Obviously, the Rove show, which was In just Rove, called Rove, which I remember watching. A f- now, the project was fucking awesome, but that was not Rove. That was Working Dog. No, no, that no, was... no, no. The project is the nightly. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of the panel, Greeno. Yeah, the yeah, panel, yeah. The panel was yeah. one of my favorite shows when I was. Oh, that was great. 
The yeah. working dog is that summer's carol thing, sitch. and they just create yeah. nothing but genius products. They so. really do. No, 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 no. Working dog is uh, Santo Chilaro and Rob uh, Sitch and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, that. That production company yeah. is similar vein to the Utopia, summer's carol. Like, fucking yeah. Uh, what's Frontline. The, Frontline. Uh, there was the other one too. Uh, Late show. Yeah, what was the uh, Shadow Man? You, was it? Oh, oh, Hollow Men. Hollow Men, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, everything. The Dish, the Castle. The Dish, Castle. Yeah, literally mm. everything uh, they, they do is the gold. The one, uh, the river somewhere. The Fishing Show. Remember they did a fishing yeah. show, Greeno, and that was a fucking hit too. They can't miss. <laughs> everything they do is a hit, <laughs> those fuckers. They do um, have the magic touch. Have they ever done a dud? I don't think uh, so. Like, Russell Coit was another one. Russell Coit. Uh, oh, Russell nice, Coit. Gary. Nice, well Gary. Thank God you're here. Um, Thank God you're here. Yeah. Have, have, uh, have you been paying attention? attention? Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, on the geez, flip side, more, on the flip side, you had those weirdos uh, that uh, Tony Martin was in, that fucking, what were they called? The D-Gen? The D-Gen. Yeah, and their one was uh, "Don't forget your toothbrush," if I'm not mistaken. So, no, that was no, no. You're thinking about the Doug Anthony All Stars. Doug Anthony All Stars. <laughs> no, that wasn't that wasn't working, dog. That wasn't uh, the DGen. DGen turned into fast forward. Ah, and comedy. So they company. kind of split. So half of them went. They had like Magda Jabansky in that. So yep. they kind of went. And did half of them did fast forward, yep. and the other half went and did some of the working dog stuff. Ah, so, oh, really? So they were yeah. all part of the same crew. True, originally. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I didn't know this all. See, I should, I should have known that Greeno, when it comes to fucking trivia, Australian media, uh, like TV comedy trivia, like I, I, I'm. It's like trying to argue with the king, you know. Like I, <laughs> I'm wasting my fucking time. Pointless, so, pointless knowledge. Pointless in knowledge. The I, I had no idea about that. So fast forward became. I thought comedy company was before fast forward. They were around the same time. Okay. Um, Different people. They're, they're about. I think Comedy Company was just before Fast Forward. They were the two big sketch comedy shows. So Fast Forward was Channel Seven. Yep. Comedy Company was Channel Ten, right. and they were kind of, but on different nights. But they were kind of the two comedy things. Now, which one was um, Kim Gingell in? Greener. Remember Kim? Uh, he was in Comedy Company. Fuck you, good. Fuck you. What's his name? Uh, Colin Carpenter. Colin Carpenter. That's yeah. right. Colin, the Colin Carpenter show. Greeno. That's right. Okay, now and, we're and now we're gonna have that to now like yes. that. That brought us Milo Harrigan. So Colin no, Carpenter. No, no. Fast forward brought us Milo Kerrigan. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, no, so full frontal, my apologies. Not fast forward. Fast forward then became full frontal, and full frontal brought us Milo Kerrigan. Okay, I'm going to have to there look up go. Colin Carpenter now. The Colin Carpenter show. <laughs> While you do like, that, another another working dog um, one off the top of my head was um, the Funky Squad. The Funky Squad, funky that's squad? right. And uh, Bajas. But I think that was part. I think that was part of uh, the Late Show. Okay, this is Colin Carpenter. This is this is Australian comedy in. I'm going to say like 1991, 92, about there, Greener. Late right? 80s, early 90s, yeah. Late 80s, early 90s. Let's see if it's funny or not because, you know, when you, <laughs> yeah. when you look back and it's like it's never really as funny as you thought it was. Yes. The whole truth and, the whole, the the truth. Truth and nothing but the truth in that. Proceed, Mr. Rogers. Thank you, Your Honour. So I guess Colin Carpenter can be best described as kind of like an old school Big Lebowski character. Like he was a bum, nah, wasn't he? He didn't have like a job. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, he didn't have a job or anything, so he was just a mm. bum, right? Uh, Mr. Oh. Carpenter. <laughs> no, uh, you are Mr. Carpenter. No, that's, that's my dad. 
He left when I was a little baby. When I was a little baby. Is your full name Colin Joy Carpenter? Well, if we're gonna, if we're talking uh, comedy company yeah. for our American viewers, can you pull up a bit of Con the Fruiterer? Con the Fruiterer. Oh, should we just go straight to Con the Fruiterer? We just need to go straight to Con the Fruiterer because okay. uh, that's that's pinnacle. That's that's peak comedy company. Do you when know? We're do you know? I still do Con the Fruiterer impressions to this very fucking day, Greeno. You rock up with a bit of couple of days. Couple of days. Uh, it's it's a bit of bit of con. I got the beautiful letters for this fella. Now, see, we, we've, I've mentioned on my podcast, we've mentioned on this part, podcast, Greeno, we've talked about the whole wog thing in Australia. You yep. know what I mean? And we love our wogs here. Oh, right? I'm going to interrupt. BE found the greatest product in history the other day. Yeah. And what, what was it called, uh, BE? Wogopoly. Wogopoly. Yeah, it was a mon- so monopoly the wog dedicated boys? to the wog boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And what was the markdown, Greeno? Can you remember? It was like- uh, markdown. Uh, original price thirty nine ninety nine. Down to a spelt nineteen dollars on sale. Uh, still, still seems like overs that nineteen bucks. Um, but uh, what was it? Uh, the tagline was something ridiculous. Like, uh, are you feeling souvlaki? Now, this guy here, you'll be unsurprised to know if you're from another part of the world. He's not actually from the Mediterranean. His name was Mark Mitchell, I think. Correct. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got one. I got nice, a trivia. Uh, well, here's, here's a quick, quick quiz for you then. Yeah. Can you name the children's show Mark Mitchell also starred in oh, around no, this time? Yes. Can't. Around the twist. There you go. Round the twist. Which was based on the novels by Paul Jennings. That's right. Spot on. There you go. Uh, the the family that lives in the lighthouse that has spooky adventures. Spooky mm-hmm. and funny adventures. So this is a guy basically doing a uh, racial. So this is like wog blackface, basically, back in the day. Mm. Now, this is the Black humor face. that Australians grew up in. It's <laughs> wog face. Okay. We'll call it wog face. Yeah. So he's doing wog face. Now, this is what myself, you know, guys like me, Brad and Greeno, this is what we grew up Like, we were yes. like eight, nine years old when this was, the adults were laughing. Everyone was laughing. We all had wog was, friends. Almost, this guy almost won a gold Logie. Which For, is this. Like For this. For this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So this is a very white Australian male doing a character, which is an ethnic fruit shop owner. Okay. Anyway, gentlemen, look, you know, summer's coming here again, and I've got the beautiful letters for this summer. <laughs> beautiful. This one here. Beautiful. Put him in the water. Couple of days. Couple of days. Put him in the water, couple of days. I'll get you another one. Doesn't matter. Because, you know, summer's here, and it's the time for salad. Beautiful. Time for fruits. And tell me you'll go to the beach to take it easy. You know, my daughter's... Rula, sula, tula, vula, fula. <laughs> I teach them all to swim myself. You know, that's funny. Because when they get down to the beach, they forget everything, you know? And they have to be rescued by the lifesavers. Sometimes 10, 12 times. <laughs> all except for the guppy. Because when, when she's splashing about in the water, waving, waving, waving. You know what they do? They get up and they shift the flags. <laughs> Aphrodite. 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 A
And she hit him with a ball of the totem tennis. Now, I won't tell you where she hit him. But you know the life savers pull the bodies up like this. Like that. I tell you, he's not going to be doing that for a while. But you know, the trouble with the beach is so many people go to him, it's hard to get a good spot. So you know what we do? We send my mother, Aphrodite, down to get the spot. You know, down early in September. <laughs> and she keeps the spot. You know, and it's easy to find it because she's the only one on the old beach with a black umbrella and black beach towels. Because, <laughs> you know, Aphrodite, my mother, he's in mourning, you know? Because there was a death in the family about 26 years ago. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the, thing, the trouble with the beach these days is that too many crazy people going on there, you know, the sun burning down, burning, burning, and the brains of the crazy people starts to go frying, you know? And they lose their brains, lose their mind. Because the other day, Marika and me, we were down at the beach, you know? We had the baby Are we going to sit and watch this whole clip, or...? Well, there's only, like, 30 <laughs> seconds left, oh, so we may as well. As long as he ends up with a couple of guys. We've fallen asleep in the sun. Sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. Next minute I get woken up by people throwing buckets of water over me. Standing and over Marika, my wife, screaming out, keep them wet, keep them cool. They're digging trenches and they're using oars trying to get us back into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the jokes aren't really funny. The jokes are kind of hacky, but... Oh, God, he does a good accent, though, doesn't he? That really He's spot is on. a fucking good... I guess it's Greek, I guess. I guess. Yeah, it would have been Greek, because that, that was the thing. When you were growing up, everyone yeah. who owned a, a fruit shop oh, fruit was, yeah. was Greek. Or, but um, I, I think it's just like general Mediterranean-ish, mm. though, isn't it? Yeah, Greek, Italians. Again, we've spoken about it on this show, Greener. They're all wogs here. Like, yeah. you know, Greek, Italian, whatever, Maltese, doesn't matter. You're still a couple of days. You're still a walk, yeah. right? <laughs> you're still on Nick Giannopoulos' speed doll. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I did see I, this. I remember, sorry. Sorry. As a, as a kid, I remember, like you said, we all grew up to this sort of comedy. On the, and there was only like two or three channels on the television. Yeah. And um, I remember as a child, I used to absolutely lose it with um, Glenn Robbins' um, character, um, Uncle Arthur. Uncle Arthur, yeah. I, for some reason, it's a dumb. I watch it now; it's the dumbest thing ever. But as it's a so, kid, so I, bad. Just, yeah, yeah. But you, we, you also got to remember, we used to laugh our ass off at Pointer on Full yeah, Frontal. Well, you watch Pointer. that now, and you're like, "What the fuck was I laughing at?" Like, it's not that funny. <laughs> I, I um, think the most I remember laughing when I was a kid, like a kid, kid, was watching Mr. Bean. I think, and I remember mm -hmm. like. On the well, floor just, in tears, like a generational hold, kind of slapstick, holding like. my ribs, crying. Yeah. Like I can't remember ever laughing that hard in my life as when I was. We a recently kid spoke about this, and um, it was you with you, Greeno, and we're talking about, and um, and we we both agree that now it's just like a bit of a like a bit of a nose laugh. Um, my kids have recently found it on the TV, and they think it's the absolute best. Again, what's that? And it felt my kids found um. Mr. Bean on the TV, uh, so they are, they're into it now, and they love it, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's not as funny as what it used to be. Yeah. But for some reason, I, I always pictured as a kid that uh, Mr. Bean went on forever, but there's only a handful of episodes. Yeah, just felt like yeah, because we used to just watch the same ones over and over and over again off memory. That's right. I remember they used to play it at school. Like, we remember we used to get, like, the yes. video day, yeah. and they just played the same VHS, which had six episodes over and over and over. So you just got to know them. Like, I can pretty much tell you every beat of that beach episode he goes on because <laughs> yeah. I watched it a million times, you know? 
Isn't that like Faulty Towers as well? There's only like a handful of Faulty Towers episodes too. Yeah, that only had one season. Um, it's like eight then, episodes yeah, they, or something. Yeah. Something like that, yeah, eight or 12 episodes, some, something like that. And yeah, obviously a, a, an absolute cold classic. That's still funny, that show. Like you watch that now, that that holds up. Uh, not many not many comedies do. I, actually, yeah, I, think... I, I haven't actually watched like, I remember, I know that I have watched Faulty Towers, but I haven't actually sat down and taken note of like, and like, consciously watched it you know what i mean like i remember i've seen it on tv but i don't remember watching it if that makes sense yeah. you know yeah yeah for sure so yeah. i should probably like go back and like go okay i'm gonna watch faulty towers and watch it from start to finish and see what all the fuss is about because i don't actually remember doing that i don't remember any jokes from it i remember manuel and like the the spaniard you know uh cleaning a spoon and i don't remember really remember any jokes or anything from it you know so I probably missed out there, I think, on Foldy Towers. Yeah, it was very, very similar. Like, it, it's all, it was always, it was that popular that it was always on at some point, but I never actually yeah. sat down to watch an entire episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think it that was, was another one on. where they, they made us watch that in English class. I just kind of have a, a vague memory of that going, okay, we're doing satire or some kind of comedy, and it's just been an excuse for the teacher to whack a video on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> put on that and Mr. Bean. That's how we go. I've, I've, I now realise as a as a as a, an adult that those kind of days were the days where the teachers went out the night before and they're that hung over. They just turned the TV on and shut us up. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. The, the Australian public school system. Now you're figuring out why all Australians are racist, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's because uh, that was part of our education program. Just making fun of ethnic. Yeah. Totally. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, I was again speaking to you recently about this. It wasn't until I moved to England that I realized how offensive the word wog was over there. Yeah. Where it was just a general conversation over here with it. There was a, there was movies made about it that were called it that. Yeah. And when I got, when I, when I first said it over there, I was like, I'd killed somebody. And it's like, it's, it's an equivalent to, you know, the, the, the harsh word they refer to as um, black people, but I'm like, no, no, you, you can't be serious because unemployed. Know, we've got... or... <laughs> no, it's it's nice, the, um... <laughs> they they were like, you can't say that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we've got Australian actors who have background from Greece who have made movies called The Wog Boy, and they're yeah, like, shut up, you can't say that. Like, it's it's highly highly offensive over there. Well, and this and this comes back to like the point that Green and myself have made for a long, a very, very long time. When when you start giving words that kind of power, like where it can make adults kind of you know shrink into themselves and go, oh, you you best not mention that word. And it's like, well, then you're you're now creating, you're feeding the demon that you're trying to eliminate at that point, right? Because we were very casual with that kind of stuff. I don't remember anyone having any hang-ups about words um, when we were growing up. Do you? I don't. We would call, like, and, and you know what? The wogs would call us skippies or krauts. I was called kraut. Yeah. I was called a Nazi so much growing up that by the time I became an adult and uh, people would genuinely accuse me of uh, being a Nazi, it was water off a duck's back. It's like, well, I grew up here and, here and that because my... Mum was German, so it's like, well, whatever, you know, well, I don't care. Like, oh, no, you're gen you're actually a Nazi. Yeah, I sure, I feel like I'm five years old again in the schoolyard, you know, like I've heard it all before, mate. Fuck it, go fuck yourself. Well, one of our best mates at school, Grant, do you remember, um, do you remember Camel? Were you mates mm. with Camel? 
No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe you don't remember. Oh, no, actually, yeah, he might have been at my high school. So he, he was high school, yeah. His nickname was Camel because he was Egyptian. That was it. Makes that sense. Was, yeah. <laughs> he, but he would introduce himself as Camel. Look, there's this um the the director director slash actor Kevin Smith has a phrase that like just kind of sums up like this whole kind of scenario really really well and he's always said because he he swear like there's a lot of swearing in all these films he's like and people are like oh don't you think you need to change it to get to a more mainstream audience and he's like well when I swear in the movies I'm not saying anything I'm not saying to be offensive that's just how I talk and he's like I don't see that like I don't see there being bad words just bad intentions you know what I mean so like the, the reason behind the word like the intent behind the word is where the offense comes not the actual word itself yeah totally yeah, it's, um, a, it's an so endearing thing. Like, if you're you're going like, oh, that guy's fucking camel. Like, if you're saying it in a negative way of like, I oh, fucked that Egyptian guy or whatever, that's different to like, hey, my nickname's camel or, you know, it's just about, it's his intent behind it, um, which you can't put a black and white thing on that so people don't like it. Yeah. I think a good example going back to talking about Daryl Summers with um, Hey, Hey, It's Saturday, you watch that now and people are just mortified by the way that they spoke or the act the characters they portrayed like oh, racism like, central Kamal yeah. Kamal whispering Kamal. Yeah. yeah whispering, Kamal. whispering Kamal is still to this day one of my favorite bits of all time yeah <laughs> fucking whispering jack whispering Kamal. <laughs> but even like um i guess aussie slang was then incorporated into being an offensive language back in the late 80s early 90s because we are still to this day we abbreviate a lot of words and, you know, to call someone a Jap wasn't offensive because it was just short for Japanese. Because we're fucking now, lazy when it comes to the way we speak. Well, I remember Absolutely. doing a year five assignment and it was about uh, Aborigines, right? Abos. So I was writing all in my thing going, no, the Abos did this, the Abos did that, the Abos did that. <laughs> and I got it back and I got an F. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and teacher's like, that's offensive. Like, what is? And they're like, oh, you can't write Abos. And I'm like, but... You gave me an F just because that. I just, I'm just shortening it down. That's what we do. I've, um, I've worked with abos who call themselves abos, and yeah. they would be offended if you didn't call them abos because what are you a soft cock? Were well, you yeah. being such a soft cock white fella for? Hey, you 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 white fellas are always fucking soft cocks about this shit, eh? You're like you know, like, it, it's it's bullshit. Most of it. It like, comes down to like the abbreviation of stuff and the lazy slang language that we always use. And you're right. Like now we, we can't say it. And, and I think with, with work for like um, harassment policies and things like that, I always say that you, you have to know the crowd that you speak to. Like it's, you don't go out there just to be severely offensive and racist or whatever. Like it's just, it's just, it's the person that you speak to. And um, I come from a a community um, where a lot of my, still to this day, a lot of my best mates are Aboriginal. And I understand that the feelings that they, they they can take from people that they don't know or their intentions or whatnot, I I was quite comfortable around them. Um, So I've, I've seen both sides of the, of the, of the story in regards to that subject. But I think it just stems back to now that, um, there's a huge cult uh, culture of cancelling things now and the lazy slang abbreviations is now hugely offensive where before it was just, you know, a way of shortening words because we are lazy. A nice segue there, BE, because we're going to get back to the rundown. Damo, cancel everything. What are we cancelling this week? I don't know. What are we cancelling this week? Tell me. Uh, where are we up to on the rundown? I don't fucking know. i got Warner yeah. here. Is cancel it this everything. transport minister? There we go. That's okay. the one. We're cancelling okay. everything. All right. 
Oh, are you kidding? Is this real? This can't yeah, be this real. Yeah, this is legit. Oh, my fucking God. This reminds me of the Nazi teapot situation. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yes. Oh, the, and you know what? This, this is, again, this is the fucking English, isn't it? Oh, no, it's Adelaide. Oh, Adelaide? dick move. Yeah. Dick. The transport minister says a bus sign in use in Adelaide for the past three years will be reviewed. We're going to review it. After a complaint from a dis, uh, distinguished member of the Jewish community. Nice, Gary. Nice, Gary. Because it's called because the sign says "Hail Bus" and it's got a picture of a. You know what? I'm. I really like that. I'm gonna make that into a t-shirt. That's <laughs> Hail Bus. Look at that shit. Nazi buses, great. In Adelaide, transport minister you. intervenes after Nazi. I want to know complaint. the alternative. How do you stop, hail a bus then? Stop bus, I guess. Call yes, for bus. Man. Uh, signal for bus, perhaps. Oh my! Forty out for bus. Stand in front of the bus. Yeah, hands up for bus. This, this <laughs> again. This <laughs> goes right to what we were just talking about, though, right? Yeah, yeah intention. Uh, like this is that is not asking guy. Hey man, if it said you know Nazi salute bus, maybe you know get involved. At some uh, point, at some point, we need to figure out that people aren't always in intentionally trying to be offensive yet. Some people are always intentionally trying to be offended. Everyone's offended by everything. That's this right. Is what, that, that, that sign's been up there for, what, 50 years? Yeah. And one person's complained about it now. Oh, better look at it. Yeah. And it's fucking pathetic. And to be fair, it doesn't matter what. In, Both sides of politics person, are guilty of this. I'd be embarrassed to be yeah, upset by that. Well, no. If you look at that and be, that, you're that, offended... That person, would, that person would never be embarrassed about anything they say because they probably feel righteous enough and they think that this is some kind of fucking crusade, you know? Like, I'm going to rid the world of anti-Semitism. Really? You're at a fucking bus stop, you pleb. <laughs> Get on the yeah. fucking bus and shut your fucking mouth and put your headphones in like every other fucking pleb on the fucking bus, bus wanker, <laughs> you know? But, bus wankers. Bus wankers, exactly. But, see, and this is the thing. This is not a, this is not a side of politics issue. Both both sides of politics are guilty of this shit falling over themselves. Oh, I'm so sorry. We'll fix it. We'll have a review. It's like at some point someone needs to go, you know what? Just shut up. Uh, it's just a distraction <laughs> yes. from fixing real issues. To yeah, be that's, fair. yeah, that's right. Yeah. They probably had some kind of spending report that came out that week and said, you know mm-hmm. what? What's easier to address? The Nazi bus station or the spending report well i think we need to eradicate anti-semitism this is a problem that's been going on for a long time okay though you've sold me we're done we're going to solve anti-semitism now by pulling down this fucking bus pulling stop. down that bus that'll fix it every front page front page thanks fucking for coming pathetic Fucking uh, let's start wrapping up the show, I think. Let's do a stat man. How about the Giz, hey? I'm a stat man. Giz. It's, it's hard because, like, one cheer on the dude, then I realized I keep forgetting he's a Kiwi. Yeah. Um, the but the Americans like, probably didn't know he was a Kiwi. They were probably like, he's from the Australian state of New Zealand, you know. Uh, they did. <laughs> the, the, the commentators were all over the fact he was from New Zealand. Um, but went over, he's the first driver in 60 years to win a NASCAR 
NASCAR Cup Series debut. So he never raced in NASCAR in his life. And everyone's like, oh, well, it's just all cars, right? you got to remember this dude is driving on the opposite side. He's sitting on the opposite. He's shifting with his opposite hand in a race car he's only driven a handful of times. And he won it the first race out. Now, um, don't, don't forget also, earlier this year, he also got a podium in his first ever fucking professional rally event as well, driving around yeah. in the fucking bush on dirt and mud and shit. He's just he's he's one of those guys that's just going to be fast in whatever the fuck he's doing. You know, he's just, just a, naturally yeah, very, fast, very very talented driver. So yeah. it looks like uh, he mentioned in the post race interview that he's got one more year left in Australia, and then he's going to try and go to the US and, and oh, see how he goes. But Shane, it didn't work out for Marcus Ambrose, mate. You know, Marcus had a pretty good career, to be fair. Uh, he was a, like he was he a champ a here. Um, yeah, he might have made a living, but. Uh, there's a lot more. There's a see the problem with if you uh, if you try to go to NASCAR right, the gears is probably going to go very well on the road circuits, and he's going to fucking suck at the ovals. Exactly what I said to BE earlier in the week. Yeah. I was like, he's going to be like Marcus Ambrose. He's going to dominate on these tracks because of, like NASCAR drivers can't turn left and right. Yeah. Um, but on the ovals, he'll probably struggle a little he'll bit. Suck. So yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. Like, if you're trying to make a career out of it, well, you'll be remembered as a guy who's very good on the street circuits and very shitty on the ovals. You know, and if you're gonna be anyone, anyone who's anyone in NASCAR, you have to be quick on ovals because that's like fucking ninety percent of what they do. You know, it's yeah, it's only three. It's the first, time done, first time I've done this, um, this particular race. Is it really? Yeah, mm. right. So it was actually everyone's debut then. Well, they, It's they, a little they, less spectacular then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. They've done street circuits in other venues, but they've yeah. not done it. And is it, uh, was it Chicago? I think it might have been. Yeah, Chicago, yeah. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, um, so it, it, when you consider that, then it's a little less, like, yeah, it's still a huge achievement because he's beating guys who drive these cars all the time, but it was the first time for everyone on that track. So he's got a little bit of a... Like the the playing field is leveled somewhat, you know. Like it's everyone's first time at this track, so uh, yeah. But he'd never driven the car before. Yeah, I get he's never driven the car before, but again, if the the difference between that, say, and then going and like making a career out of NASCAR is like night and day. You know what I mean? Like I watched the um the the practice sessions and the qualifying and they got him into this like the site studio there and they were asking him questions um about the comparison of the vehicles to the supercars and whatnot and and he said that their cars don't have side mirrors where side mirrors in the supercar are like your warning sign you hit one yeah. you're like okay i was too close so he said that his gauge in the NASCAR was that if he had no riding on the side of his wheels then it was probably too close and <laughs> They 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 were so fascinated with the way that he that he actually used the clutch in these vehicles where the NASCAR drivers don't use the clutch. No, um, they're he mostly in third hit. and fourth gear all the time, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, even on the street circuit, they ne- they never used it, and none of them used the clutch. Um, but he done the traditional V8 supercar clutch um, decompression heel with toe. the downshifts, yep. yeah, and the and the heel toe with his um, brake and accelerator, and they kept on going on and on about it. And he actually said in the interview, he's like, I don't know what it is with you guys, but you got some kind of like foot fetish for me, like <laughs> straight out of the bat. Yeah, but right. You could see. I know, Greeno, you end up watching the the race after we spoke. We'll try to because the coverage is fucking. It's so bad. It's worse than American football, man. It's so bad. Every every like three laps, there was a three minute ad break, and I'm like, 
I'm fast forwarding. I'm like, oh, surely this must be the pre-race. And I'm like, no. Like, the Giz went from sixth to third all during an ad break. And I'm like, I've are you tried replay it? so hard to get into NASCAR because I like in the in the racing games and stuff that I play, the ovals yeah. are so much fun because it's like it's 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 really hard, but it's like constant racing all the time. Like you're always yeah. side by side with someone all the time, so it's so much fun. But to watch it is a punish, and it's not because the racing mm. is terrible. It's literally what Greeno said. It they, it's on for five minutes, and then it's a fucking ad break, and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't. Like I'm Americans watchable. must just be so used to getting ad breaks every five minutes. I can't fucking do that shit, man. No way. It's it became, infuriating. I think I mentioned a BE. I'm like, it was like watching. Uh, remember, you know the middle laps of Bathurst, oh, where yeah. they try and give you like the first hour and the last hour with like no ads, just so you can enjoy it. Yep. And then the middle, they cram in so much. It was like that, but for the entire race, it was yeah. just brutal. Yeah, I can't, um, I can't I, do it. I stayed away from the result so I could watch it, and I didn't know that he had won, but I sat on that 15-second skip button pretty much most of the time. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that you will notice that, um, and we spoke about this, that it, it was traditional supercar giz race. It was dive bombs on the inside in the corners. Of course, and rubbing people up got- on the back. Yeah. Yeah, and and because they don't use they weren't using the clutch, his car was quite stable and solid. Where you see their downshifts were like kicking out the back, and it was sort of um, the back ends were all over the shop. So he just sat behind their tail, rubbed a bit of their bumper, and as soon as they got into the corner, downshift on the inside, and it was just like it it, it was like you'd seen it before. And you knew the ending, but it was still live. Yeah, I'm sure they got pissed too that this fucking uh, guy came in from New Zealand and like racing in the Australian Supercars of uh, series and just came in first race and beat them all. I'm sure that really rubbed him up the wrong way as well. And the fact that he's he's a very aggro racer as well. Like he mm. he is someone who will push you out of the way. And I like mm. you know you know I've complained about him like in our chat before. Well, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of sick of the gears because he's got this attitude where it's like he thinks he can bu- uh, push everyone else around on track. Yet if someone does it back to him, and there's a couple of people that do it back to him, like Brody Kostecki is one who I quite mm. like because Kostecki will throw it around just as much as Gisbergen does. Yet mm. whenever he does it to Gisbergen, you know, Shane's like, oh, that's not right. What's he doing that for? And so, well, hang on a minute. You'll fucking do this to everyone every fucking week, you fucking prick. You know, you don't have no right to complain about someone being aggro with you on track. But I, I imagine it would be different for the Yanks and they would be mm. like, who the fuck is this guy? Who does he fucking think yeah. he is, you know? So credit uh, to uh, him for that. There could be uh, – there's a probably very solid chance that there's a difference here, but I watched the, the post-race interviews and it was like the second, third and fourth driver and they were just blown away by – how good he was. Yeah, right. But you can just picture him back in their trailer going, who the fuck's this guy? Yeah, I think they right. also don't care because they know he's racing one race and then he's gone he's again. Out. So, yeah. like, there's, there's less of a threat. Whereas if he'd signed full-time, it'd be, yeah, a different story. Yeah, he's not a fucking Jeff Gordon kind of situation, is he? You know, he's not yeah. going to come out and dominate for the next 10 years. He's flying in and flying out. But it does make them look shitty, though. I think that's what they – like. that's my point. Like, they would think of it later on and go – he kind of made us look like fucking amateurs. You know, he comes in for one race, mm. never driven a car before, wins it, and then flies home. All right, thanks for that, boys. Had a fun race. Had a fun time in America. See you next time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he, just, he sends mm. off a fucking postcard. 
and they're still there racing for their careers. So, um, can did we... you notice who? Sorry, just before you go on, did yeah. you did you notice who the other well named driver in that Jensen race Button, was? Was it or? Yeah, my wife's first love. Ah, and I thought I thought her first love was uh, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. No, she hated him. No, nah, it was oh. always it was Button always time. Jensen Button yeah. time. And yeah, now yeah. it's George Russell, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Rust Dog. Yeah, he's the, he's the new yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the F1 was on the... To be, fair, the I fucking, to be fair, I fucking love George Russell myself. <laughs> I really do. I re- I'm a big fan of George Russell, man. I love We were him. watching last week um, Austria practice and the kids come in and I was watching it and they're like, where's, where's George, Dad? Where's George Russell? And I'm like, here we fucking go. In mum's bed, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, um, the 2024 schedule for the F1 got released yesterday and I made oh. a few phone calls today. Yeah, so oh. we're off to um, off to Singapore next year for oh, the GP. Nice over there. Gary. Gary. Yeah. Singapore would be fantastic, I reckon. Like That's a little mini race, Monaco. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we um, Karen put on a big show for me for um my fortieth. She all the family flew up and met this massive party at my place. And I said, well, what would you like for your fortieth next year? And she's like, I just want to go to the F one. And I'm like, fucking sold. Wh- so she's never been to a like a F one race before. Yeah, yeah, we went we went to Silverstone uh, when we were over there. Okay. Um, um, she's been to the Australian Grand Prix. We went to Monaco. We didn't not not for the F one, but we went to Monaco. Um, just because the F one. Is um, there? Well, I think we had a Ford Festiva. I think we and did about drove 40 laps. the track. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll be her um, third Formula One um, Grand Prix. So Singapore looking forward a, to that. Singapore mm. would be a great one, I reckon. Nighttime. I had a friend. Especially. I had a friend who went over there uh, about five years back now, and she said it was amazing. Like Singapore, it was just an awesome experience from start to finish. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're dropping the kids off in Sydney, and we're heading over. Doing it right. That's yeah, fucking oath, man. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's talk a little bit of F1 before we go then, Damo. Yeah, yep. I, I really want to touch on this because, again, it gets back to a little bit of a, a sub-theme that's been, um, you know, kind of bubbling underneath tonight's show, which is complaining about Pommies complaining. Um, I'd rather watch cricket than F1. I wouldn't pay £5 to go to Silverstone. So this is, uh, I, I think this is Aston Villa's greatest ever player, Abby Gab- Agbon, Gabby Agbon Lahore, I think. Yep. Uh, would he yep. be Aston Villa's greatest ever player? Uh, he'd be up there. I think yeah. he's played like 350-odd games for Aston, uh, uh, for Aston Villa. Which tells you roughly where about what standing Aston Villa has in the world of football. Like Gabby Agbon Lahore is like the hero. So... Uh, let's see what Gabby has to say about Formula One, the current state of Formula One. And this is on Talk Sport, by the way. Let's have a look. The game where I was saying Josh was like that you're going to get more viewers now, cricket, because of what happened. Mm-hmm. What happened to Bairstow, Stokes, how good he was. Yeah. Even firing them sixes in, them yeah, fours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, Stuart Broad giving do you know what I mean? Back. Yeah, Broad yeah, giving yeah, a big back. Yeah. Um, oh, the carnage that happened afterwards as well. It sets the, it up nicely. Yeah, for it sets, Hayley, it, yeah, it sets it up hopefully. nicely. And this is the this is the difference between now. I'd rather watch cricket than um, Formula One because yeah. I find Formula One boring now. I mean, <laughs> I've seen some of your responses. Yeah, it's when boring. It's, it's like, yeah, one. it's like people are saying you're going to go to Silverstone. No, I'm not. Holding pay five would go hang to Silverstone. On, hang on. You're telling me if you got a VIP, <laughs> no, I want to go watch when it's tight. You know when. Verstappen and Hamilton were battling it out. Look. Here it is. Here it is, you, you fucking dick. These fucking pommies, mate. 
I bet this fucking prick never said one word about how boring Formula One was when Lewis Hamilton won six championships, right? Not fucking one word was mentioned about how boring Formula One was. And trust me, Formula One was fucking boring when Lewis Hamilton Mm. was winning all the time. It's boring now as well. So he's right about that. But it was also boring for the fucking six years Lewis was dominating. Um, Look. For the last 20 years of Formula One, more or less, except for a couple of seasons here and there, there's always been one person dominating. There has. I think there was Schumacher the dominated, is, and yeah, then the Lewis Hamilton, and then Vettel dominated, and then yeah. Lewis Hamilton dominated, and now Max Verstappen's dominating. And that's just feel, the been I feel that's like the last was, 20 years. There was years. always someone who could challenge that person, though. Like, sure. I know Schumacher won, what, six or seven championships? Seven. So, um, so, and but there all all those years Vitell there was always four. someone. Yeah, Vettel won four. There was always someone close. Like it wasn't been blown out where you knew the result. Oh, there were a couple of years yeah. with Schumacher, but um, sometimes like, too though. You, I mean, you know, yes, I agree. Um, I, 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 I don't have, and this might be controversial. I, I think you guys know this. I don't have the same level of hate for Max Verstappen that you guys do. I actually quite like Max Verstappen. And I don't think that he, uh, he deserves the kind of, um, you know, the ire and the negativity that he gets. Honestly, I don't. I think that he's very good and very determined and he's he's nowhere near as unlikable as Lewis Hamilton is to me. I've never voiced my dislike for him. Okay. I've, I've, fo- I've followed him through as a junior driver, um, go through the ranks and and now it's it it has that um, resemblance of because he's so good now he's just like this villain and, and and the way that he speaks to his pit crew and his arrogance now it's just like what's the fastest lap I'm coming in for the pits oh, even so though I'm I love the race. that shit. No, I that, that's, that's not the issue. It's, it's all the <laughs> bullshit he was doing when he wasn't winning. Like as soon as things aren't going his way is when you see the true Verstappen yeah. and it's just oh, such a fuckwit. But didn't we didn't we think the same thing about? Uh, Vettel Greeno though when he was winning and now yeah, we Vettel's look back and we're like likeable. actually Vettel's was kind of like a good guy all along and we just didn't recognize it you know and I wonder if we're gonna feel the same way I, I don't I I feel like Verstappen's well, fucking quite... ball the stumps here sorry Woods just fucking hit him for six and a four off two short balls but oh, for the... the stumps he's a Fucking tailender. Yeah, um, bounce the fuck out of him hit him in the head no. Starkey <laughs> No, oh, he's going again I want him fucking bowling at the stumps. He's got another four, too. Don't let him get a little fucking momentum going here. Don't let him do it. Jesus. Two balls since, or three balls since the. Uh, yeah, we should have had him out break. for 150, honestly. And yeah, Woods just hit 10 off, too. Um, sorry, continue. Well, I, yeah. with, um, with Gabby saying that he wouldn't go to Silverstone, um, I haven't been to all the other Grand Prix, but. And just hit him for another six. 16 or three balls. Jesus, Starkey, what are you doing? Ball at the stumps you to get. Yorker, now toe crusher. Let's see if there's a toe crusher coming up. Surely. Big in-swinging Yorker. The classic Starkey delivery. Come on. Silence as we're watching. (laughs) No, he's gone another short Uh, one. That's replay. You've got to remember, Damo's about 30 seconds behind us. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just while it's um while it's going to the next ball, I was just say that um when Vettel um retired the car on the last turn coming in the home straight, you could hear the entire Silverstone complex absolutely. That's better. Roar. 
it was massive. Where? Oh, I should hold him there. When Vettel came in? When Vettel was the main competitor against Hamilton mm. when we were over there 20... Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Um, I guess... Um, Story in itself, story time. Yeah. Um, Vettel, uh, Hamilton would have been McLaren back I then, I like stories he? about yeah. pinatas. Yeah. So um, Karen got these tickets for Silverstone, a couple of day passes, quite expensive. And we had huge rain over there, surprise, surprise, for days and days. And I lived in South London. So we got the underground train to North London, above ground train out South to Milton Keynes. Yes. Yeah, bruv. <laughs> and we got the got the bus to Silverstone, and it was so wet. It was bucketing down. There was like twenty thousand people in the campsite who weren't allowed to go back because it was just too drenched <laughs> underwater, mud, whatever. We sat there in the piss and rain, and the and the qualifying got called off for hours, and we're like, "Fuck this! This is horrible." We so we went back, bus back to Milton Keynes, above ground to North London, underground back to South London. Woke up the next morning, it was still piss and rain. And I remember Karen saying to us, like, let's just go to the pub and watch it. This is going to be bullshit sitting no. in there on the track. <laughs> we get, like, and it was no at that moment like, I proposed to her. Rain, like... <laughs> it's at that moment so I decided like, this is the mother of my children. Nah, nah, yeah. I said, nah, nah, nah no way. We're, you've paid so much money for these tickets, we're going to fucking go. So, again, North London, above ground. Buster Milton Keynes, piss and rain. We went around to the end of the back straight where it goes through the, it was like the turn before the pit access. Yep. Um, we found a nice spot there. Um, and as we sort of arrived in that, that vicinity, the sun came out, dry race, Mark Webber wins it. It was oh, like yeah. one of the best days ever. Yes. It was yeah, so nice good. Game. And then after the race, after the race, we jumped the fence down into the main straight and Weber was like um, on the last turn where the podium is and he's like, you know, holding the trophy up and I was going nuts. And we're like, fucking yeah. It was Imagine if we sat in the fucking pub and watched that. We would have been yeah. fucking. Are you really filthy? Yeah, knowing you could have been there. Like, yeah, That's a for fucking sure. great story. I like stories about pinatas. a fantastic fucking story time there. I think it's a nice way to end the show, I think. Yeah, nice little happy moment. So Greeno's been plugging to get out of here for the last little bit. So let's get out yeah, of Green, here. Greeno was due for painkillers about 45 minutes ago. Yeah. So. Uh, that's right. Your guts are leaking out through the mesh. Yes. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we don't have any plugs. We never have any plugs. Uh, B, do you want no to plug, plug something? Do you want to plug? No, no plugs. No, no plugs. Good life. Still under construction. Good uh, uh, life. That was on the rundown tonight. We never got to that. I don't know what yeah. that, what that was about. What were we going to talk about with Good and Life? I mean, oh, the threads. Yeah, the threads. So, I still don't know what threads are. We never got uh, to so, that uh, story. Elon's Elon's fucked up Twitter because uh, he? he's taking he's taking away all the good bits and no one wants people to pay for them. And so people are like so Facebook has gone. Uh, okay, we're just going to replicate Twitter, call it Threads, and oh. get people to sign up there. They oh. got ten million subscribers in a day yesterday. So really? uh, they're basically doing old tw- trying to do old Twitter over there at Threads. Wait, what? So mm. what? Old Twitter, as in like uh, you before get, Elon you took get, over and ah, so the kind of Twitter where it. you get banned for if you say a naughty word or that kind of Twitter or. What? Uh, I'm not too sure on the specifics. Are people, are, people, are, people, are people seriously suggesting that the old Twitter was free of advertising and will continue to be? Because that would be a laugh as well. 
It's another uh, fucking six. Another six, yeah. That's ridiculous. Fucking, fucking bowl of the stumps, guys. Yeah, hitting sixes off Patty. This guy's going to be the fucking Ashes hero the way he's going, this Mark Woodcat. I quite like the match on a fucking losing team. Yeah, to, a to be well, to be fair to Mark, <laughs> you know what? He's the one fucking English player currently that I really do like. Like, I he's the one. You know, yeah, the the English used to chant at Warney, "We wish you were a pommy." Do you remember that? Like when during yeah, yeah. the series, yeah. And I I look at Mark Wood, I'm like, fuck, I wish you were one of ours because I I really like him. You know, he's such a fucking character, and he's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm just out here play cricket. You know, he's like a, a northerner, <laughs> so like I really like. He's going for it, man. It's fucking good on him. Well, you know? he's just he's just turned it around. He's yeah, put on 24 runs in the space of and eight balls. Yeah, he's um, laughing too. He's like you know thumbs yeah. up laughing. He's like I quite like him so. I have at it, son. But... Oh, hang on. There we go. Up in here. Hang on. Is someone going to catch it? Have we got it? There we go. Well, that was an entertaining little fucking five minutes from Mark Wood. But what and a... he did what he had to do. But how many runs did we piss away? Eight? How many runs did we piss away for that little fucking uh, side show, you know? The... 20 odd. Yeah, see, mm. that's that's 20. I'm saying it's big. He did what he had to do. Yeah. Like a tail end score on 20. Paddy just got a fire obviously. Yep. I mean, Charlotte if we ball, Paddy. If we can get him out, it would have been better if we can get him out for less than, you know, kind of 150. But if we can get if him we, out for less than 200. If we get an 80-run lead, yeah. We can get, yeah, get out these final few in six, 16 runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we've won the last two tests, what, by 70 runs and 40 or something like that? Was it? Yeah. So oh, it was like two wickets, yeah, two wickets and forty. Yeah, two wickets yeah. and forty, and so two tail ender wickets you would say would be worth about forty runs, wouldn't you? So, yeah. yeah, it's always been around about the same. So you you were right earlier in the show what you said, like, oh look, it's not we're not fucking dominating, but nah. like, but the thing is, we're two nil up. So the series we are dominating because if you're two nil up in a five series you're dominating that series, right? It's like, it's mm. so hard to come back from 2-0 up. Uh, but each game, they like it's like if you're playing a state of origin and you lose the first two games, five, you know, by one point, doesn't matter. You're fucking getting dominated in that series because you've lost the two games, you know. Um, even if they're close or not, it really doesn't matter because you know, it's not all about one game. It's about the whole fucking series of games. So, you know, we're 2-0 up. Um, I don't think they're going to win this series, this game. Um, but you know, shit like that worries me because we can't let them get inspired. We can't let them. Yeah, I want to put yeah, them on they, the put the foot on the throat. You know, like yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah, we. Oh, I'd say yeah, like the, the whole momentum thing. But if England win this, suddenly two one doesn't look so bad. Like I don't think they're going to win three in a row. They might draw the series, but yeah. Like, I want to win. Yeah. yeah. We drew Maybe the last the one. Remember how much me and you, Greeno, especially, I don't know if you probably felt the same way, Brad, but I remember distinctly talking with Greeno about it on the show, being like, why the fuck aren't we going for the fucking series win here? Because they did the dumbest thing, like, for the fifth game. They subbed out. Like, didn't we change half of the fucking team for that last game? It's like, what are you doing? We're winning. We need to win this fucking series. We And we swapped out, like, bowlers and batsmen and stuff. It's like, what are you, rotating the squad now? Let, let's fucking win. And it's like, oh, no, we've drawn the series. We've retained the Ashes. That's good enough. No, it's not fucking good enough. You need to fucking win the Ashes. Yeah, That's the whole the fucking yeah. point. Do you remember that whole thing? Uh, not specifically, but it sounds familiar. Oh, mate, the last game of that 2019 series, uh, we we changed basically like half of the team out. And we should have been going for the series win. 
But instead, they were like, eh, we've already retained the Ashes, so he gives a fuck. And then we ended up losing that last game, and then we drew the series instead of winning it. And it was so fucking annoying. It's like, no, this is not the way we do cricket here. This is not the Australian way. We should be going for the fucking series win. I don't understand it. It was never explained either why we did that, why we rotated half the squad. Because they were like, I guess... The the you know the management at the time or the, no, the, the coaching staff at the time was, felt like a draw was good enough. You know I just looked it up. No, no, the squad was the same, man. Warner, Harris, Labuschagne, yeah, Manus kept his thing because he filled in for Smith. Wade, Marsh, Payne, Cummins, Siddle, Lyon, Hazelwood. Really? Yeah. Was that the fourth test? That's fifth test. So what was England the fourth won test? The, England won the fifth test. Yeah, the fourth test Australia declared twice. And then fourth test, we obviously won that one. Australia won by 185. You had Harris, Warner, Lamachine, Smith, Travis. Yeah, Hurt, it's the exact Pat same line. Tim it? Payne, Pat Cummins, Stark, and Lyon. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, then it must have been the way they played then or something. Because I remember I having these played, conversations. Yeah. It was play like, shittily and we're like, play aggressive. We like, yeah. Go for the win. Like, don't play safe, you know? Okay, I don't know where I, where I got that memory from. Then that they changed after. I guess because they played so differently, played so poorly in the fifth yeah. game because we 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 knew we'd already like retained the Ashes, yeah. so it was just a really lackluster effort. Conservative, um, they played real conservative or something, mm-hmm. and it's like they didn't go for the win. And so you got to go for the win. You got nothing, literally nothing to lose. You know, in so, the third test, we um got bowled out in the first innings for one hundred and seventy nine, and. There were pretty much everyone was single figures except for Warner and Labuschagne. And then we bowled England out for 67. Oh, 67. That's incredible. <laughs> top scorer was um, that Joe Denley with 12. Wow. He should have retained his spot. <laughs> Why didn't he get a run in this team then? Poor old Joe Denley. Hazelwood took five for 30. Yeah, right. Gave up 30 out of 67. Should have dropped him. <laughs> oh, I we got another it. one. We got another one, did we? Is that nine for? Did we? I think that's no, nine for. No, it must have bounced. One of my one of my favourite Ashes series in in recent years was um, when we talk about it a bit is the return of. Oh, no, somebody caught it with the Mo Mitchell yeah, Johnson. Right, yeah, that was a great series because Johnson like really just tore them a new asshole. Like, oh wait, no, yeah. it's a six. What the hell? He he gave he I it, the whole Jonathan Trot thing for me was like particularly satisfying because he he literally he ended careers in that uh, Ashes series. Jonathan mm. Trot went home from fear from Mitchell no, Johnson. It, you know, was it Trot that went home? Yeah, it was. He no. quit. Yeah, he quit like three games in, and he went home. They mm. said it was like oh he's depressed right, and yeah. stuff and. And I was like, mm. no, no, no. He, he, he literally came out and said, oh, no, no, you know, Mitchell Johnson's fucking scary. He said it's the scariest bowling he's ever faced in his lifetime or something like that. And he went home. Through, and then Graham Swan quit after the next game too and went home as well. So mm. that was two careers that were ended by Mitchell Johnson during that series, which is just fucking beautiful. Because they tried. Hey? No, you're right. Keep going. Yeah, so it was it was at least Jonathan Trott and Graham Swan. They both finished their careers during that series. They both left, and I think Trott left mm. after the second or third test, and then Graham Swan left uh, one test after it. 
if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure. That, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. I'm, 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 I'm thinking of uh, there was an opening batsman. Uh, was it Triscothic? Maybe he went home early as well. Triscothic, I think, series. was a little earlier. I think he was like maybe mid to late nineties, wasn't he, Marcus Triscothic? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was a um, bit bit earlier. Do you think um, Jimmy Anderson's done after this series? Oh, he's got to be done at some point, doesn't he? <laughs> like he's Mate, forty he's years 40, old. Yeah. yeah. Graham Gooch played till he was forty-one, but he was a fat batsman. You know, it's a bit different to being a fast bowler. <laughs> Um, you know, Jimmy's look like let's all jokes aside, Jimmy's a great player and has been for a long time. But yeah, um, the fact yeah, that he's not can't. playing yeah. this test, like this test that they need to win, like that should be enough, right? Like that's that's the that's the signal, isn't it? This is a test, a must win test for England if they have any hope of winning this series. And Jimmy's not mm. there, so that tells yeah. you that the English, you know, uh, cricket. Uh, fraternity has decided that England, uh, Jimmy's career is over because otherwise he'd be fla- he'd be fucking playing, wouldn't he? You know, like if they still f- considered him like a match winner, he'd be there, but he's not. So, yeah. you know, did you get that sense that he just wanted to have one more Ashes before he calls it a, a day? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I I feel like he's probably going to play county cricket until he's fifty years old. You know? Yeah. Oh. He- Go for it. He'll be someone he, that he, never retires. Like he'll never retire from cricket. They'll just stop picking him. You know, he'll be one of those guys who'll be a captain coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he'll be Des Hasler. Like he'll be Cliff Lyons. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> Desi Hasler played out until he's forty. He is forty already. But yeah, the fact that they haven't picked him this for this match, which they need to win, would is enough for me to decide that England has decided that. He's not their future, you know. I mean, clearly, mm. he's not. But like they've they've already made the call, you know, whether he knows yeah. it or not. And he might play in the fifth game or something. He might play in the next game. But the fact mm. that he's not playing in this game is a, is I think indication that it's probably time up for Jimmy. Yeah, he might have got his last game at Lords, and he might get game five if the series is already decided. Yeah, but... and a send off, you know, like a yeah. he'll, he'll get yeah. a parade or. You know, a lap of honor kind of thing. What do you think, Greener? I'm waiting for the show to end, mate. Oh, he's just waiting <laughs> to get out of me. All right, then. go on then. No, right. Jimmy's done. I think it's the end of the Jimmy. Um, he's he's finished. He's done. All right, and so is the show. See you next time. <laughs> See you guys next week. Thanks, guys. We'll always be bosom buddies, friends, sisters, and pals. We'll always be bosom buddies. If life should reject you, there's me to protect you. If I say that your tongue is vicious, if I call you uncouth, it's simply that who else but a bosom buddy will sit down and tell 